Children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole. Let's go for a ride tonight. In and out of the Matrix. How you feeling, guys? Because I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling the same way. But you don't know. You don't know until we talk about it. But we got a bunch of psyops going on today. We got Joe Biden's hand disappearing. But before we go into that, let's get wow. Let's cut a rug. This what I'm giving yo. Something to shake that ass to. To make that cash too. To shake your ass too. To make that cash. Let's go. To shake your ass too. To make that cash too. To shake your ass too. To make that cash too. Shake that ass. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. You're living too fast. The Macarena on that ass. I'm going to do the Macarena on that ass. I'm going to twerk on that ass. I'm going to do the Macarena on that ass. Because I'm prime time 99 teaching class when I do the Macarena on your ass. Oh, oh, man. Something to make that cash to. Let's go. Oh. 
Okay, Karen's too. Let's go. I love it. I'm giving them the Primetime 99 show. What we giving them? What we giving them? It's Primetime. This is what I'm giving y'all. To make that cash too. to shake your ass too. to make that cash too. to shake your ass too. to make that cash too. You gotta like that. Let's see if I can. Oh, I'm trying to. Oops, I tooted. You guys like that? Just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole. Thank you, Black Pill Radio, one of my faves. Guys, everybody needs to go listen to our interview on Black Pill Radio. Uh, it was our latest episode. Speaking of, let's go into the, let's go into Apple Podcasts. We looked into my, speaking of Black Pill Radio, we go to the email. Now, where is freaking... So now, the Conspiracy Castle... Is in Apple Podcasts, so you guys need to check it out. Here, let me go to show you guys this. The Conspiracy Castle, guys. Come on. And if you guys want to listen to our interview, I think it was our with our Black Pill Radio. This is the audio-only stream. So if you guys want to go give it a, a please go in the Apple Podcast if you guys can and you want to do me a favor tonight. Um, because we are actually live right now on Prince... Alex Stein's YouTube <laughs> channel, but we are now I'm the king of all conspiracy. The Black Pills podcast, so enjoy this one. I'm your host Shane, joined as always by Ken the Cocoa Bomb himself. What up, Ken right, the Cocoa Bomb? Shane, my guy Shane. Castle. I like Shane. This is Shane, <laughs> master of the owner of the conspiracy castle. Royal best Prince. dressed conspiracy guy. Best dressed. I even had to put on my suit to to you know kind of match the energy, get on that level. Prince Alex Stein, how are you doing today, my man? Wow, what kind of introduction is that? That is too nice. You guys are way too kind for a bum like me uh, to speak like that. <laughs> but let me tell you something. It's always an honor to be with somebody else that is actually like looking into the non-official story. So I just really applaud two guys like me. We're doing the same thing. We're trying to create content and have people on our shows and stuff. And so it's just, it's it's brilliant. You guys are two beautiful young men, and I don't mean that as, you know, no homo. You said we need more young men like you kicking ass and taking names. Because guys, really and truly, the kids below us are so screwed. These young kids have no chance. And I think we are like their last hope. Like me in my 30s are, are these, I know that sounds maybe confident or something, but like we are the, the future's last hope because all these kids are so indoctrinated they don't have a yeah. chance, dude. They don't have a don't, chance, in my opinion. I don't dis I don't disagree with anything you said. Um... Okay, well, we can listen to it all day long, but I just want to ever encourage everybody, please go give that a listen. Uh, and, and if y'all can, if you guys have an iPhone, and I'm pretty sure I'm in Google Podcasts now as well as Spotify, go on Apple Podcasts and just type in Conspiracy Castle. It'll come up. Oh, I should have put the link in the description. But... Um, Yes, thank you, Black Pill. No, thank you, Black Pill. You encouraged me to get this sure. And 
you know, now we're getting Apple Podcasts. Please go give it a listen and go give it a rating. Go give it a five star dog. Primetime 99 trying to get a mother trucking scholarship. We're trying to get a scholarship, my guy. I need that five star rating from rivals so I can get recruited by the Illuminati so I can be a first round Illuminati draft pick. So please go give that a five star. Actually, don't give it a five star. Give it a one star if you think it sucks dick. What am I going to do? Who am I? I'm an asshole to tell you how to freaking rate me. You want to help a pimp? Give it a five. You want to be a you want a PhD, a player hating degree? Give it a one. I don't give a damn. Just go rate the bitch. Let a player know that you rating me, dog. Cause I would like you to set the bar. You know why? Cause I will overachieve. Cause primetime ninety nine is an overachiever. Why? Because I'm on the grind all the time. Why? Because this is the mentality that I have. You don't train like this. This is how the elites do it. The first rule is you gotta find a pibble and you have to establish the dominance within the animal. You have to show him you're the boss. Then you have to put yourself in the animal's paws. Then you establish more dominance. And then this is the most important part. You let the pit bull win to develop confidence building skills. This is how you train. You get a pit bull, you get on the concrete, and this is how you train. Like this. You wrestle a pit bull. This is how you get the mind right. You wrestle pit bull all day long. This is what we do. This is the Prime Time 99 mindset. All day long. See, not a lot of guys are doing that type of training. I'm one of the few people that are doing the pit bull training. And that's what separates me. That's what separates my knowledge. So you're like, oh, Alex, you know, what qualifies you to tell me something about anything? Well, I'll tell you this much. When was the last time that you wrestled a pit bull all day? When's the last time you got on the concrete after it's been baking in the sun and you wrestled with the animal? You broke the animal down. You built its will back up after breaking it down. It's a miniature boot camp. I'm like that Caesar dog whisperer guy. I'm primetime 99 when it comes to these animals. I'm like, you know, Dr. Doolittle. Okay. So when I'm in the pit bull, I'm grinding with a pit bull. I'm in combat with a pit bull. I'm thinking constantly, am I going to be in the fight or flight mode? Am I going to be in the trauma-based mind control? Am I going to, you know, live in fear? No. Why? Because I established the dominant position. And I established control from the, from the line of scrimmage. That's the problem. You see right here? You see right here? This is domination at the line of scrimmage. Now, the, the canine has leverage. I will give you that. But you see, my wide angle gives the canine no ability to get through me. So I'm swallowing. I'm engulfing. He's in my, I'm like a right tackle doing pass rush drills. And yes, the animal can snap. But anytime I'm, I'm in full control right here. I'm in full control. People don't know how to do this. That's what separates me. That's what separates me, okay? Somebody wants to raid a room tonight. Well, uh, how many people are watching? There's, I mean, there's 80. Let's see how many people are. I don't know how many people are watching on the YouTube. Let's see. What does it say? Uh, 73. Well, that is a lot. Let's see. If we get to 200, we'll go raid somebody's room. 
I don't know who though, because if it's some lame raid, we're not used to raiding. Like if we go raid it, not everybody's all cool writing all the comments. But the room raid is cool. I would like to raid another room. I'm not anti-raiding. I'm pro-raiding. But I'd also kind of like to rate somebody, raid somebody that maybe, well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I need to watch more monographs. Like, you see, it worked. It sounded like I farted. Is that terrible that I love this device? Here, I'll play with one of those. My fidget spinners. I need something to play with if I'm not playing with a mouse. Sorry. What is a room rate? Exactly. Well, a room rate is where everybody in this room goes and jumps into another room and like says, yo, what's up? They did that to me, and, and you know, a few hundred people run in your room, and they flood your chat, and you get a bunch of subs. It's really fun. But back to the task at hand, guys. If you want the mindset of a champion, you cannot be afraid to get into it. You see this? See that? You see? Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. You don't have the ability. If you don't have the ability to get entangled like this, if you're going to live in fear of the new world order, then you're never going to make it. Right there, that brain completely empty. The animal's brain completely empty. Who's in control? Me. I'm in full control. Just the angle of domination. You can just see the angle of force. My energetic being, the canine, cannot combat that. Do you see what I'm saying? So just remember that. Remember this angle when you are when you are getting attacked by the canine because there's actually been a bunch of pit bull stuff. Remember, you have to show dominance. You have to show dominance because once you show dominance, then it's all love. You see this? That's all love. This is how you wrestle, though, on the pit bull, on the, on the pavement. So I'll watch it one more time for the folks at home. You have to establish the dominance, but you always have to build the confidence by letting the animal win. This is how you exercise. This is how you train. You get a pit bull, you get on the concrete, and this is how you train. Like this. You wrestle a pit bull. This is how you get the mind right. You wrestle pit bulls all day long. This is what we do. This is the Brian Time 99 mindset all day long. All right, yes, yeah, so that's how you want to learn. Okay, has anybody gone and, and voted a five-star or one-star for Conspiracy Castle in the Apple Podcast? Player pimps out here, please. Pimp, 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 pimps. Where's my pimps at? Okay, somebody said they wanted to see CGI Biden. Let me go to my likes. I believe here's some good CGI Biden. If I can show this, let's see. Oh, Black Pill. Everybody go follow Black Pill pod podcast. They're badass. They've got some great shite going on. 
Okay, here, let's go to... Oh, look at this. John Kerry, American Airlines says they're looking into incident where U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, was spotted maskless on flight from Boston to Washington. I mean, of course, you know, he's trying to fit in with a working class man, with an everyday citizen, and fly commercial because he's always flying private. And people are complaining because, oh, you're the climate czar. Why are you flying private when it, you know, burns more carbon footprints than anything, you know, you know flying private? You couldn't have a personal uh, carbon footprint much bigger than that. So, wow, somebody just paid. Uh, Rob, thank you for the 10 bucks. I don't, oh, I didn't have the donation thing on this new screen. Sorry. Uh, Rob Wiggles, sorry about that. Let me add the, the I got a kind of new setup with my screen. So, sorry about that. But Rob Wiggles, 10 bucks. Thank you. Oh, and speaking of the e-begging, because that's up. Thank you, Rob. Guys, please consider joining my Patreon for $1. Go look at the link in the description. I'm doing the Patreon-only stream Wednesday, March 31st. I'm going to do an eight-hour stream from 4 p.m. till midnight. Eight hours. We're going to be X-rated, too hot for TV, what you can't say here. It's just going to go on there. Then it gets deleted. You got to have a special link to watch. It's going to be a you know, special account. Then I'll upload it to the patron so you can watch it later, obviously. But if you want to watch it live... It's going to be a private link, so please consider joining the patron. One dollar will give you access to that, and then I'm going to start doing more, you know, patron-only streams. But that's just going to be the first big one. I'm trying to build it up. I'm at 79 patrons at the moment, so if I can get to, thank you, Daryl, for the five-star review. Thank you, Daryl. Please, if you guys can go give me a five-star review in the Apple Podcast, that would really be badass. All badass if you guys would do that. Uh, and make sure to talk about how handsome I am in the reviews, you know, because it's a podcast. You can't see me. So that's why it's to be funny. Or talk about how ugly I am. Either or. I don't care. But talk about my looks. <laughs> like, be like, oh, I like to listen because his looks is you can't see me. I think that would be funny. That's the prank. That's the joke. Don't do the joke. You don't have to do the joke. You can say I suck. But that'd be a funny. Be like, oh, I listen because I like the way he looks. And then it's a podcast. Okay, I think you get that. Um, back to the e-begging. Patrons only stream, please go join the one dollar patron. I just want to get up to a hundred patrons. I'm at seventy nine. Start asking my personal friends to join, which is fine. I'm not, I mean, I have some personal friends that are our patrons. I'm just saying, like, I might like try to push it on to more of my personal friends. Just in the meantime, a couple of buddies that I know would would join because I want to get it to a hundred. So you guys can be my buddies too and join, and we're gonna get it there. We're going to, uh, uh, you know, it will be sooner then later that we hit the 100 but i don't want you guys to help me out because it's a goal of mine i'm trying to reach some freaking goals so go to patreon.com slash conspiracy castle okay back to the news american airlines of course john Kerry, hypocrite typical no mask what are you gonna do uh, what do we i mean and then american airlines says they're investigating it. Ooh, what are they gonna ban him Ooh, it's stupid i'm not even mad he shouldn't have to wear a mask at all so it's like, what am I going to do, bitch and moan at him? He knows it's all bullshit. It's just the hypocritical part. But at the end of the day, it's not like he wears a mask. I mean, it's all... <laughs> the mask is not the problem, dude. The, the much bigger problem is not him wearing it. It's, it's two-year-olds wearing it to daycare centers. It's just very unnecessary. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but I grew up a big Sean Bradley fan. Sean Bradley is... Uh, was in a serious accident and he's now paralyzed right now. Former Dallas Maverick Sean Bradley was left paralyzed after he was involved in a bicycle accident near his home in St. George, Utah. 
The organization announced in a statement Wednesday, according to the statement, Bradley was riding his bicycle about a block from his home when he was struck from behind by a car. Now, if you guys remember, Sean Bradley was from Space Jam. Sean Bradley, Space Jam. He was most famous for being seven foot six inches tall, one of the biggest players in the league while he was playing. And uh, just absolutely unbelievably large. I mean, he obviously was some sort of Nephilim, Babylonian, you know, biblical f- being and he was a mormon so he did have some sort of connection with with god i mean was he in nephilim blood i mean i think he'd have to be oh we got a hundred uh uh people ch- message today already in the restream thank you so much let me tweet that that's cool so tweets that awesome tweet that's cool I just did that all right whoa i've received a hundred messages with restream my chat okay cool all right, let's go back to Sean Bradley. So he's freaking paralyzed. Can you believe that from the waist down? He was a star of Space Jam. I mean, look at him next to Michael Jordan. It's not good. We live in a very weird world. Just we all need to take a l- example, take this as an example for our everyday lives that the world we live in is very scary and, and our lives are very fragile and that at any moment our, our current situation can be taken from us. So... We have to have some sort of gratitude because no matter how bad it is, it can always be worse. Yes, he was almost eight feet tall. Yes, and he was very, he was not very coordinated, but he was a great player, in my opinion, because, you know, he was such a, a large uh, human being. So he was awesome. <clears throat> Look at uh, Cuomo getting, you know, getting his inoculation, dog, getting inoculated. Why not? Boom. Thumbs up, dude. Thumbs up. That's awesome. Good for you, man. I'm really proud. I feel safer. Look at that sanitizer. Is that such a joke? Look how big of a thing a sanitizer. What? No health official has that big of a jug. I mean, obviously, they're selling something. They're trying to advertise some sort of company, but that's like so blatant and bull i mean that is just the fakest thing i've ever seen in my life that much just gonna spray it that's unsanitary having that much uh uh sanitation fluid what do you want to call it hand sanitizer (laughs) everybody go give the fact hunter a follow on twitter as well The, the fact hunter i love his tweets he's a wrestling fan as well as i am so look at baron's transition through the white house Look at Baron here, and then bam, here, all in four years or five years. Look at this. What? Can y'all see that? Can y'all see that? Is this a PSYOP? Is that the same kid? Is that a clone? He looks the same. I shot up a lot from my eighth grade to freshman year in high school. I I had a growth spurt. Now, I don't know how old he is. Let's see how old is. How old is Ben Trump? 14, and he's that tall? I mean, I was six foot two at 14. I mean, like 6'1". I basically did all my growing. I mean, I got taller after, but 
I did a lot of, I was over six feet tall as a, as a 14 year old. So, but Trump's six three. So that, I mean, dude, he's about to play in the NBA or if he wants, he should transition. He'll have a better career in the WNBA. He'll have more success. You should think about that. <clears throat> Could you imagine if Donald Trump's son transitioned to a female and played um, women's basketball? I wonder who's going to be, I guess, Zaya Dwayne Wade, his son transitioned to a female. I'm sure she'll try to play sports. We'll see, I hope. Still very unusual. I won't beat this thing to death, but wow. Big transition. Makes you go, hmm? We need him now more than ever, of course, Corn Pop. Of course. Look at this. We heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm... First of all, the idea that Joe Biden said come because I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm a nice guy and I won't do they're what Trump did. this. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. They're not. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Wow, that's pretty hardcore. I mean, everything that comes out of his mouth, and we already dissected this last time, the Britney thing. Uh, oh, but what was the main video? There's a video, oh, you guys wanted the, um, uh, well, I liked it, I retweeted it. You guys wanted the Biden thing. Here, I'll just search Biden arm. What? Wait, you know who who had it? Um, oh, here I know. I think. Yeah, let's see here. If I can find it, let's see. Do do do. Where is it? Gosh, this guy tweets so much. I just remember seeing his the last tweet I saw. That tweeted it. Come on. Where is it? I mean, everybody's talking about Biden's arm. It's all over the place, but I just... Come on. Okay. Okay, come on. Oh, we got Sarah. Thank you. $5 patron. Thank you so much, Sarah. Really appreciate that. Okay. Hold on. Where is it? I guess these are the pictures. If you look at his arm, look at that. That doesn't look right. That looks exactly like a green screen. So we can watch the videos, but it's it's, it's more about the stills that kind of you know set it apart. So look at that. Just conceptually, the the layering doesn't look right. You know, I mean, his hand it seems to be through the mic. It just seems very unnatural. You see, now it's going through it. And I saw Owen Benjamin. I didn't see his stream, but he was talking about how on his Instagram, how they must do this on purpose because they don't... NASA, for example, they don't... NASA doesn't... Why do they make these mistakes? Like, they don't... 
they have to know Rob Simmons is going to say, "Oh, the the Earth is photoshopped." It just doesn't make sense. They don't. They they're not that stupid. They're not going to be like, "Oh, hey, Rob, just go say whatever." They told them, "Hey, we have to explain." to them what's going on because it's called revelation of the method we have to tell them and they have to fall for the trap so it's like it's like almost they have to leak this out because they're revealing it so they have to just kind of keep the like cue people you know the sharks in the water they got to give some blood to keep the cue people you know attracted to it or like at least probably to demonize people that are still believing in conspiracies so it just makes people oh why would they fake it on a green screen but then if you look like he reposted some pictures from, let's see, I think it was this angle. Now, it's not like this. I mean, this doesn't prove anything. I mean, like, they couldn't do this on some sort of screen. But it's it, you, it begs the question, why? Of course I believe they can fake it. I believe they do fake a lot of stuff, but what? why are they faking Biden doing that? I mean, I guess because he's not capable enough of talking to the press, but... I don't know. It's very confusing. I don't really understand um, what the psyop would be. Like, why are we even looking at this? Why am I even sitting here talking about this, wasting our time? Not wasting our time, but I mean, is it even newsworthy? What, what, this is like so small. There's like a border crisis. There's 3,000 people that are coming to Dallas, Texas, four miles from my house that are all teens, supposedly, you know, and they say teens, but they all look like they're about 30. I mean, you know, it's just... America is purposely being brought down on purpose for some reason. I mean, not for some reason. We know this because it's like the leader in the global world or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's the it's the number one target of the evil cabal that rules the world because this is the biggest domino they need to get to fall. So I know why, but I just can't believe their plan is working so well because this is just so ridiculous. The, 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 the crap we think about and talk about, it's, it, it's, it's boring. It's not even cool. It's not even fun. It's just really sad. I mean, we've just all just, you know, lowered our, our consciousness level to just basically nothing. Basically nothing. Oh, yeah, here, let's go into the Titanic conspiracy. You guys, I don't know if you guys know this. Somebody's talking about this. Titanic conspiracy. I don't know what's a good, the, the best video for it, but let's go. Olympia. Okay. Well, shoot, shoot. I want to watch one that we can watch. Uh, let me go to... I'm gonna get some bunch of strikes, upload date. Here's the thing. The Titanic switch here and how it never happened, okay? It was a Titanic a Titanic so switch theory. Okay, filter, upload date. Let's see. Come on. Let's go to a good video. It's straight up dumb. I love how people are defending it and how it never happened. Titanic versus conspiracy theories of Titanic. Never saying explain it to him. Uh, come on. Let's see. 
Let's see this. Let's let's look. Hey, hold on. Let's talk. Super duper facts. Was the they Titanic can't even switched with the Olympic? Let's explore some of the facts. One, Titanic's insurance. Titanic's insurance was increased five days before the maiden voyage, which resulted in J.P. Morgan receiving $12.5 million for Titanic in insurance payouts from Lloyd's Maritime Insurance. Estimated at over $160 million today, more than they could ever have recovered if they had sold or scrapped her. The switch theory primarily rests on the sinking being a deliberate act to recover insurance money to rescue the White Star Line from bankruptcy. 2. Olympics crash with HMS Hawk Another key component of the switch's theory is to state that Sean, $25 patron, Sean. Wow, where are you in the chat, Sean? Wow, uh, thank you so much. Say, say, where are you? Okay, there you are, Cheddarbomb. Thank you so much, Sean. I just want to... Uh, uh, the yeah, I recognize the HMS Hawk was much more substantial than what is thought. However, the Olympics damage from HMS Hawk did not exceed $125,000, and there is independent verification of this fact. Olympic was damaged badly enough to force the voyage to be canceled. Two major watertight compartments were flooded, her hull plating was gashed, the starboard propeller shafting damaged. Now, did you guys see where the, it was damaged on the same side? I mean, give me a break. So, are you guys following this? Look at all of these anomalies. Three, Olympics service record. How can a ship with a bent keel go on to serve 24 years without being fully repaired? The fact that the Olympic went on to serve 24 years with a damaged keel surely doesn't stand up. Could this ship actually be the newer Titanic? And the Olympic is the ship at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. 4. Surviving crew members had to sign the Official Secrets Act. The surviving crew were detained overnight and forced to sign a pledge under the Official Secrets Act, promising to keep secret forever the actual events of the night of 14th and April 15, 1912. The origin of this seems to have come from Patty the Pig, also known as James Fenton, who late in life related the following. When the surviving crew got to port, they were all taken aside and met by two men, one in a high position in the company. The other man was in a very high position in the government. The government men read the crew the Official Secrets Act, explaining that if they told of the real reason for the sinking, or the rumors of an insurance scam, they would serve a minimum of 20 years in jail, and would never get a job, when they got out. Patty said that. The guilt of keeping quiet all those years had taken a great toll on his health and the sanity of the surviving crew. 5. Noticeable similarities between the repair on the Olympic and the Titanic. Photographs taken of Titanic at Southampton shortly before her maiden voyage show a large area of discolored plating as if it had been newly painted with paint. As if it had been newly painted with paint or had been repaired. This section does not match the rest of the newer ship. It's also in the same location as Olympic's hull. Was damaged by HMS Hawk. 
6. Lack of publicity for the Titanic. Did you know that the Titanic... Somebody said that the slides are getting worked up. Are they getting wrecks? Are they getting a little too worked up? I mean, this is just like 9-11. And speaking of 9-11, guys, this Saturday... And then how does audio sound? Tell me not in the chat how the audio... Am I too hot? Is the mic clipping at all? It's clipping when it, it, it uh, you know distorts. Is this triggering some of the switch theory? Because you can tell there's a lot of videos being like, uh, uh, what you would call it, you know, the switch theory that, that this is triggering because people love Titanic so much. Regardless, um, have you remember this? This is what I'm trying to say. 9-11 debate, modern day debate this Saturday. You got to be there 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and this is the connection of 9-11. It's basically the same insurance uh, fraud that Larry Silverstein did with the towers because he got twice the insurance settlement because it was two different attacks. It was two different planes going to the towers. Panic was never shown the enormous publicity that Olympic received the year before. By the time Titanic's maiden voyage came along, Olympic had been operating for a year. Titanic, although only just superseding her sister in size, was no longer big news, or so, they would like you to believe. The claim is, the public and media were not as interested in her maiden voyage as that of her sister. Or, is this just the way they wanted it to be? They don't want too many eyes on the Titanic, if it's really the Olympic. After all, the Olympic had huge publicity. 7. No public inspection of the Titanic. Yeah, Jack and Rose, While can you Olymp believe it? R.I.P. I just want to say that that was really sad. You know, and for the people that say that, wow, we got another notification. We got another donation? Where's the thing? What? Oh, the fact hunter always. Five bucks. Thank you, the fact hunter. I got to add the alert. Let me add the alert so I don't miss another one. If I go to the fireplace, alert box copy. I'm going to add it. Where is it? I'm going to go paste. There we go. Okay. Now we shouldn't, now we should not miss any alerts. Okay, uh, back to the lecture at hand. Uh, Jack and Rose, oh my gosh, I can't believe Leo. That was the, this is how you know it's all a psyop, because then how do they make us fall in love with like the number one movie and they romanticize them uh, 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 wrecking a ship? It's because J.P. Morgan Chase is still the biggest bank, you know, in existence today, so there's just a lot of connections. There's a lot of connections to what happened then to what's happening to you know in modern day and so that's why they want to always keep that connection like titanic it was their big insurance scan that they did that you know put them over the top at the time and they were able to manipulate their way to the top so why not always keep that in the forefront of our minds as a positive thing for the collective consciousness of society to think of titanic as this like beautiful thing with jack and rose and it was so sweet and oh it was beautiful and i'm gonna defend it there's no way it could be an insurance scam it was too beautiful yeah, it's the biggest ship, and they sink on his maiden voyage. Give me a break, GTFO. ...by the press and public. In both Belfast and Southampton, Titanic was not open for any inspection at all, except to the Board of Trade inspection. The fact that Titanic left Belfast and then Southampton in something of a hurry with none of the fanfare of the Olympic. Just one day of sea trials, no stop in Liverpool, and no opening to the public in either Belfast or Southampton seems a little strange, don't you think? Yep. 8. The Titanic's sea trials were really short. 
Olympics trials in 1910 took two days, including several high-speed runs, but Titanic's trials only lasted for one day, with allegedly none over half speed. Is this because Olympics patched-up hull could not take any long periods of high speed? If a switch did occur, then the sea trials at full speed would have certainly damaged Olympic even more. 9. Cancelled Passengers Interestingly, more than 50 first-class passengers cancelled at the last minute, many of them friends and business associates of J.P. Morgan and Morgan himself. What are the chances? Tied up in the White Star Line, also cancelled claiming that he was ill. Morgan was found two days later by a reporter in good health at a French resort with his mistress. Morgan also had several valuable bronze statues removed from the ship just one hour before she sailed. Wow! Esme, wife of J. Bruce Ismay, chairman of White Star, also cancelled, along with their children, and just like Morgan, she said she was ill, and instead went on a motoring holiday. 10. Olympic lifeboats on the Titanic Titanic's lifeboats had small brass ID plaques screwed on them and they all said RMS Olympic. After the sinking, 13 lifeboats were recovered, taken to New York where the name Titanic was sanded off, and numbers removed to deter souvenir hunters. During this process workers allegedly, discovered the name Olympic carved into the gunwales, as the old name had been filled with putty and painted over. The boats were returned to England and reused, however boat number 12. Considered an unlucky 13th, presumably the 13th lifeboat, recovered by the Carpathia and so deemed unlucky was not reused until after the First World War, when the boat was handed over to the Sea Scouts, as a thank you, some Sea Scouts having joined and, the and Navy And this isn't even all the stuff, this lives. is like, this is an abbreviated version of all the facts. While the restoring the old lifeboat, they discovered the name Olympic cut into the gunwale. The lifeboat was wrecked in a collision with the Gosport Ferry at Portsmouth, and taken by the Royal Navy to Hassler for demolition. For many years, afterward its port and starboard white star insignia, were used as prizes by a local Sea Scout group. Okay, okay, now, now, hopefully, hopefully, this is the right video. Okay. Legends about the sinking of the Titanic, and perhaps the most compelling of them all is the story that combines them, a mummy said to have sunk the Titanic. During the last decade of the 19th century, the unlucky mummy was taken from Egypt to Britain. The odd artifact... Okay, so this is on top of all this. On top of all that stuff, inside the Titanic was this incredibly creepy mummy of this woman that was supposedly buried alive. This cursed uh, mummy. Watch this. ...which is only a wooden plaster mummy board, doesn't contain an actual mummy. Hieroglyphs suggest its owner had once been that of the High Priestess of Amun-Ra. The artifact has been shrouded in mystery since its discovery in the 1800s. The haunting stories gained momentum as soon as the artifact was purchased by amateur archaeologist Thomas Douglas Murray. He acquired the artifact in reasonably good condition. A couple of days later, as Murray had been shooting ducks somewhere down the Nile, and just shortly before his return to Europe, he suffered an accident with his weapon ending up with an injured arm. He couldn't find proper medical treatment and lost his arm to amputation. 
and so he became the first victim of the mummy. Other members of Murray's trip to Egypt were supposedly not spared misfortune, as Montague Summers affirms after conducting in-depth research on witches, vampires, and magic in the early 1900s quoted, two servants who had handled the mummy case, perhaps without sufficient respect, both died within a 12 month, whilst a far swife of fate overtook a third, who had made some jesting Sally, unquote. So three guys have died. Since its arrival in Europe, almost everyone who came into contact with the mummy board was followed by misfortune. A lady by the name of Miss Warwick Hunt received the artifact as a gift, and since the moment the valued item found shelter under her roof, Miss Hunt had undergone considerable financial losses. She eventually donated the mummy case to the British Museum. All the rumours that surrounded the mummy prompted journalists such as Bertram Fletcher Robinson to investigate the nature of the artifact and whether it was cursed. Hey Spiro, we're talking Robinson about the fake Titanic. Some of the story's truthfulness, but strangely, before he was able to finalise any piece summing up his investigation efforts, he all of a sudden died. Other famous people got involved with the story, including Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who contemplated how strange Robinson's death was. The artifact was already in the British Museum when Robinson carried out his investigation, which is where it lives to date, and where it was a couple of years later after Robinson's death, and when the Titanic sank. It is not entirely clear how the story spread around that the case was on board the ocean liner, but some accounts point to the names of Murray, and that of his friend, the famed journalist, William Stead, who unfortunately happened to lose his life in the Titanic disaster. Murray took an interest in the paranormal, like many other people in the late 19th century and the early 20th. He heard a story being shared around that told of a woman in England who also had a mummy imported from Egypt. After the woman had displayed the mummy in one of her rooms, the following day everything breakable in that room was found shattered to pieces. That kept happening in other corners of the room, no matter where the woman relocated the mummy. The story brought his attention back to the mummy case he brought from Egypt, which now rested among the museum possessions. Along with his journalist friend Stead, they went to check on the case where it was displayed in the museum. Stead was also attributed for coming up with the first news pieces about the curse of the mummy. After scrutinising the artefact, they had felt that, quote, felt the expression on the face of the cover was that of a living soul in torment. Allegedly, the pair then wished to perform a seance to remove, quote, the anguish and misery from the eyes of the coffin lid, unquote. But such an offer was turned down by the museum officials. Papers still issued some more stories on the mummy case. In 1912, Stead was on board the Titanic as a first-class passenger. He had embarked on this journey due to participating in a congress at Carnegie Hall. He was invited there personally by President Taft. His investigative journalism work by that point had been so well recognised that he was a candidate for collecting a Nobel Prize for peace later the same year. He might have, but he didn't make it. He was last seen reading a book in the smoking room of Titanic's first-class quarter. Following his death, a testimony was made by one of the survivors, appeared stating that Stead had shared the story about the curse of the mummy case on board the Titanic just days before the tragedy happened. Then some claims came up that the British Museum had allegedly wanted to remove such an unfortunate item from its possessions. The news also shared that the museum had arranged to sell the mummy case to a museum based in America, 
which is why the case supposedly found itself on board the lover's ship, although there is not much evidence to back this up. Some even believe it was also the reason why the Titanic hit the iceberg and broke into two pieces. If you have enjoyed this... Okay, well, we don't know if that's true, but the mummy on Titanic... But you guys can go and just Google, you know, the Great, uh, you know, Titanic Olympic Switch Theory. And basically, reconstruction of the great decision to switch the two mighty vessels of the White Star Line, you know, prologue, September 1911, the RMS Olympic sister ship of the Titanic due to start her maiden voyage in March had been seriously damaged in a collision with the Admiralty Cruiser HMS Hawk off the Isle of Wight. An examination of the Olympic revealed the ship to be unseaworthy, and although she could be temporarily passed for a return trip to her builders in Belfast, it was clear that she was unsalvageable. Faced with ruinous costs, the White Star Line decided on a radical plan. Bruce Ismay, the head of the White Star Line, was worried the Olympic his brainchild to recapture the lucrative North Atlantic passenger trade from Cunard had previous had been seriously wounded. She was due into Belfast the next morning, October 6, 1911, for repairs, but he and everyone else knew that she was worthless and could never carry on her business as before. He approached Thomas Andrews, the managing director of Harland and Wolf, the builder, with a cunning, daring plan. Switch the Olympic with the Titanic currently under construction. Scuttle the Titanic, have the passengers saved, claim the insurance money, and save the White Star Line from impending financial disaster. Sounds nice. Sounds a lot like Larry Silverstein and 9-11. Oh, Spiros, speaking of Spiro, if he's still here, you got to watch my debate this Saturday on Modern Day Debate. I'm debating uh, 9-11, you know, whether 9-11 was a hoax or an inside job. Obviously, it was an inside job, so I'm debating on the inside job part. Spiro, if you guys, if you have, if you want to do something fun on Saturday, it is 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be debating... Mother freaking, I don't know who I'm debating, but I'm debating that it is an inside job. And basically, we're going to go and talk about how the towers fell in 11 seconds and there were 110 stories. That doesn't make sense. You know how they were built and broke ground in 1968 and then fell in 2001, 33 years after they were built on purpose by uh, Illuminati occultists in a ritualistic ceremony in order to destabilize the Middle East start a never-ending war on Israel's behalf, and create a warrantless search and seizure program of our emails and our phone calls through the Patriot Act. So we're just going through, basically, the Patriot Act 2.0 with our, you know, the, the tyrannical rules that they are imposing on us today that we have not voted on or agreed upon. So it's very similar. So 9-11 is really passionate to me. And, you know, obviously my head's not like all dialed into 9-11 right this second, but I'm doing a modern day debate. I'll put the link in the chat, uh, but I'll be really on fire then. And obviously I know 9-11 backwards and forwards, but really for me, I guess the biggest thing with 9-11 would be the Israeli art students. So let's bring up the Israeli art students. Israeli art students B thing. Let's watch the Israeli art students B thing video. Now, these art students, they did this weird ass project. Look at this. Project we did in New York. It's 10 years ago. Because um, New York is a good place to do shows. And we had this. Uh, a studio in the World Trade Center. We had this. 
a studio there for three months. And it's a very... Uh -huh. It looks like a wave. <laughs> um, it's a very strange building, or it was a very strange building. Because it's like to have a studio in there, it was on the 91st floor. And we shared with about 20 other artists. So we had a section of, of a floor there. We had three windows. So you shared, you had three windows and a strip. And then the next artist had three windows and a strip. And then, because it's basically impossible to, it's very difficult to bring material inside because it's so high up. There's no telephones. Nobody can come and visit you. And it was very strange. And once you get inside, you walk inside and you take an elevator to floor 50, then you have to change to another elevator to get higher up and things like this. And once you get up there, it took you 25 minutes from like from entering the building to, to your place. And then you think, the only thing you think is like, you want to get out again. Think about that from the elevator just to your office or whatever you want to call it. I mean, these guys are in an empty warehouse and and you got to think about these floors where I think the, the, the size of a football field. So a football field's big from one end to the other. That's a hundred yards. I believe it was two football fields if I believe it's right. So, you know, Lord knows what kind of path they're going through this basically unconstructed floor. So there's a lot of floors in this place that were unleashed because they had irreparable asbestos in the building and after the 1993 bombing most of the tenants left and except for very few tenants that had banks or special vaults or like people that had special um sort of office structures like banks basically or money holders or money lenders because the building was also not even wired for the high-speed internet so with like the changing technology the building was just so outdated that in all those like fortune 500 you know you know market changing companies they knew that so they just bought their own buildings or went through you know what i mean they didn't have any reason to go there because they didn't want a virtue signal and need to be in like you know the business district of manhattan in the world trade center because it didn't have the same cachet after 1993 and obviously it did have still have some cachet but like you just look at the windows of the world and you look at larry silverstein he ate breakfast every single day at the restaurant in windows of the world at the top of the twin towers Every single morning. And, you know, the one morning he doesn't, you know, eat breakfast there. Him, his son, and daughter all skip out on work. And all are luckily not there, which is unlikely. And he said that he missed it because he was going to go to a dermatologist appointment that he didn't make, you know. So these guys are all full of crap. And, and you can just kind of look at the mode of the destabilization of the Middle East. And you just look at the pump up of the military industrial complex that is never ending war that we started and it's actually quite sad looking back at it knowing what i know now and feeling that i thought at the time oh we should go fight we need to go kill some people like that's the worst way to be that's the worst mindset to have to punish people that had nothing to do with this in order to make ourselves feel better and that's really what happens is because you know when you're a hammer like the united states of america every problem is a nail and so even small problems, small differences, what we do is we just destabilize their whole region. And we are the ones that are the, you know, we are the ones that are, you know, well, we are the bullies, guys. We got to be real. I mean, that's what it comes down to. All right. So it's just very, very 
very annoying, guys. So, Spiro, I see you leaving. I hope I hope my nine eleven talk isn't in a low vibrational field. We're trying to get positive, you know. I don't want to get all into the Israeli art students, but that is getting into the weeds. Titanic, look into it. The switch theory that is a real thing. Sean Bradley injured right now, guys. Sean Bradley is injured, paralyzed from a bicycle accident. Very not good. That is not good for the culture, for the brand. Okay? We don't like that. We definitely don't like that for our man, Sean. We want him to get better. Is he going to get better? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. Well, what else on the Twitter universe? There, there are some other, there's a couple other tweets I wanted to, you know, spotlight, give a little shout out to. I like Twitter. It is it is a good game we play on here. We don't even can't even get into it. Look at this video. Bye, Spiro. All love, brother. Look, watch us. Ready? Watch this. Ready? Broke the glass. Wow. People are tense. This is at a wing stop, dude, over some barbecue chicken fried chicken wings. And I can get his disgruntledness, you know? If somebody messes up your wing order, that can really put you in a negative vibrational state. But this guy's way out of line, dude. I mean, this guy's <laughs> way out of line. Like, I get it, man. You ordered lemon pepper and they gave you teriyaki. It happens. And I get it. You go in there and be like... I should get to keep these lemon pepper. I should get to keep these teriyaki. Plus, I get some more lemon pepper. I've done that dance because you want to get a couple extra wings. Why not, dude? I'm on your side. But as soon as you get the register and start throwing it through the freaking <laughs> glass thing, it's like, how can I be on your side? And actually, I, I want to be on the worker side too. So it's not like I'm doing that to virtue signal either. It's like I, I just saying I, when these when we see these situations, there's three sides to every story: his side, their side, and the truth. Now you'd want to be like, hey, <laughs> let's see, does he have his mask on? I didn't pay attention. His butt is out too. His mask is off. Where is his? Does he have a mask? Wow, why that though? They're going to say he's an anti-masker. That's why, you know, it's like anytime I think about, you know, man, I should warn people about the vaccine. You see this, you're like, well, let's just let people figure it out on their own. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That is too much. 
I mean, this Biden picture, come on. But see, I don't even necessarily think this is, I think this is just kind of to mislead us, to be honest. You know, that's what I'm saying. What the emperor has no clothes. Well, well what is the emperor has no clothes because I'm, because of this? Because I think this is just meant to distract us. This is some whatever bull crap. I don't even know what this is, to be completely honest. Oh, this is great. I hope I don't get in trouble for playing a bug's life. It's just one ant. Yeah, boys, they're puny. Hmm, puny? Say, let's pretend this green is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, how about this? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? It's funny because that's also Kevin Spacey's voice and he's a total creep. But that's what it is. That's what's happening with society is they don't have enough military. They don't have enough people. They don't even have enough guns to control us. So that's what they're doing. They're using psychological operations in order to scare society and create a domestic terrorist to divide us so that the people will feel okay with you know, demoralizing each other and putting each other in you know, re-education camps, basically. So that we're fighting with each other because the government knows, the people in power, the evil cabal knows that we outnumber them. So they have to trick us and confuse us. And like this bug's life or whatever this is from, ants, it just is a perfect rendition of what is actually happening. Is we don't realize we have all the power and they actually feed off of our negative energy. They have to keep us in that negative energetic state. Like through the trauma-based mind control, because we always talk about it, it's that fight or flight response. You know, they feel good when like the whole nation is just in a collective like funk or collective sadness. That is when these people are just celebrating and, and spiking the football and just loving life. Wow, another patron. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so much, Ian. What is that up to? I think we're up to like 81 patrons. Wow, if you guys want to join, you guys want to help me, we're almost to 100 patrons, and you can join for a dollar, and that gives you access to the patrons-only stream. Oh, and that's a pound, so that's like a dollar seventy or something, a dollar sixty. That's a little more than a regular dollar. I'll take it. But guys, please go out there, join the patron for one dollar. So um, not only will you get access to the patrons-only stream on Wednesday, uh, uh, March 31st, an eight-hour stream. We're going to have special guests. It's going to be too hot for TV. We're going to talk about all the stuff we can't talk about. But guys, I'm almost to 100 patrons, and that will be a cool milestone for me to reach. And I'm not saying that to e-bag. I hate to hear that. I'm just, I'm asking you, come on, please consider it. You know, you join for $1, you forget about it. That's 12 bucks a year. That's not that big a deal. You're going to get access to it. It's going to, oh, Roosevelt News Media. Thank you for the shout out. Roosevelt News Media, you guys want to go give him a follow. Anybody that's helping spread the good vibrations. Thank you, uh, Roosevelt. I guess I already uh, uh, retweeted it, but thank you so much. 
so so much. And look at look at my man Tucker Carlson. It's funny because in my in my life I thought, oh, you know, it takes so much to be a broadcaster. But this day and age, guys, no. The Conspiracy Castle with your help, you know, I'm at a hundred patrons. One day I'm going to be at a thousand patrons. You know, I'll probably get shut down by Patreon before then. But you know what I mean. And it just gives me hope because it shows as long as I create good content and once I get a little more funding, then I can actually go out and do more man on the streets because this is all I need is like three people and a, and a camera, you know, maybe two cameras. It's that easy. This day and age, I didn't realize that with the you know technology, you can create your own show. And here at the Conspiracy Castle, me creating this show has been like the biggest life-changing event for me that I've had in a long time. And it's given me a lot of focus and a lot of um, happiness because having an, a hobby is important and I'm not saying all of you to have a you know, hobby you have to be you know create a show but it's like for me it's just something that I really really like and enjoy doing and so now when I see like how the big dogs do it it's really not that much different it's really the barriers to professionalism is not that much I mean I can be just as professional as him now will I be taken as serious as mainstream media no but as long as I'm funny and I can make people laugh and I can get you guys to join my patron for one dollar and then I can get you guys to watch my content, then I'll be happy. I'll be satisfied with that because I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep creating as much content, as enjoyable content as possible. So he'll hear it. And let me, let me go to my Apple podcast. Let me do this. You guys are going to help me. I'm going to put this in the chat. Okay, guys, please, I put the Apple podcast link in the chat. Please go and, and give that a, a um, five-star rating if you guys can. You guys see that in the chat? You guys want to help me see the restream.io? Go in the, go in there, and give that a five star rating, and look at the black pill, the king of conspiracy with Prince Alex Hine. Yes, thank you, Shane and Ken. They are awesome. They are freaking badasses. They are in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland rocks. Love the Drew Carey show. I love the Cleveland vibrations. You know, they got the good vibrations. You know, it's a working class. Ohio is really an underrated state. It's really good at football. It's just really, it has good American culture, in my opinion. Good Americana. So, Ohio, baby. Land of the free, home of the brave, whatever's left of it. Uh, let's see. Oh, the Grammys did terrible. This is great to hear. The 63rd annual Grammys was on pace to hit a ratings low with a time zone adjusted audience of 8.8 .8 million, according to CBS Entertainment. That's a 53% drop from the 18.7 million who tuned in the last year's program. Who gives a shit? Why is anybody even freaking blah? Why does anybody watch this? Okay, why does anybody watch the Grammys? It's all just a satanic Illuminati bullshit. But I mean, sometimes that satanic Illuminati bullshit can be kind of entertaining, I guess. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see what the fuck. Sorry, I'm reading it. I'm reading a, a text. It's making me laugh. Um, I convinced Jaron to buy a $200 Elgato light for his stream. Being, I have this boo boo like husky like work light, and I just I need to get it. Uh, oh, I like this. This woman is getting a paparazzi. I don't even know who she is, but she's holding the phone backwards. This is just this shows you how fake the the media is. She's holding the phone backwards. Not that that matters. We will it not let you give it a rating. I don't know how that works, guys. I don't know if you don't have an Apple phone or I don't know if you have Apple Podcasts. But if you guys do want to give it a rating, that would be cool. I would really appreciate it. Um, Let's see, it didn't go through in Trevo, but it went through in all the other ones. That's awesome that one I fit here. So, hey guys, thank you for watching on all. Yeah.
Well, that's cool that I, I, I message and it goes through all of them. Okay, so it doesn't go to Periscope. Well, it went to one Periscope. It didn't, it didn't go to one other Periscope. All right. Well, very cool, very cool, very cool. Love Indiana. My mother's from Evansville, Indiana, so I spent a little time in Indiana. I like it. Okay, guys, look at these boots. They're only $1,402. So if somebody can loan me two more dollars with my stimulus, I can get these boots. Now you're like, Alex, you don't need these boots. Yes, I do, dude, because I'm trying to have style and grace. I'm trying to walk into the club and be number one. I'm trying to freaking make the club go bump, bump, bump. And if I don't have $1,400 boots like that, then nobody will take me seriously. And that's the most... Whoa, another patron, $1. Thank you, Bobby Waggle. Oh, my man, Bobby Waggle, Bobby Waggle, Bobby Waggle. Waggle, don't you? Waggle, 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 don't you? Uh, speaking of... Come on, Bobby Waggle, Bobby Waggle. Let's get a couple more. Let's see how many are we on to. Let's see how many patrons we're on to. 82 patrons. Come on tonight. We should get to 85. Three people join the patron. Let me put the link in the pit. What is my, what's my patron link? Let's see. Let's see. Please join the Patreon for $1. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Somebody join the Patreon again. Give me $1. Give me $1. I'm e-begging. Even the guy on the side of the road, I try to give him $1. He's like, nah, I need five. So if anybody, I'm trying to, you guys want to join my Patreon, I'm trying to buy these boots. So if you guys want to help me get these $1,400 boots so I can freaking really do them, you know, do them justice when I walk in the club. I'd really appreciate that. So, oh, and we want to say congratulations to Elliot Page for the full transition. This is fully who I am. So, this is awesome. We love this, the conspiracy castle. This is the best. This is, this is what we need. More of this. Oh, did we get another patron right then? Right then and there? Did we get one? I think we got another one. Wow, that was quick. Yes, Johnson Roberts, J. Rob. Thank you. Now we're up to 83 patrons. Come on. Let's get to 90 patrons. Oh, I wonder. Oh, oh I bet I can add a. Uh, I wonder if I can add a patron ticker. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'll figure that out for the next stream. So that's good. Let's see. Is there anything else we need to look at? This is what I'm doing with my $1,400 STEMI. Not everybody is an admin, but a lot of people are admins. The real fans, the true fans, you know, uh, you know, the true fans can be mods. That's what I'm saying, guys. True fans can freaking be mod dogs, all right? That's just how this works. This is Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. Oh, this is the best. So this is Nelson Aguilar. Assisting people down, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. And, and Nelson Aguilar is a player for uh, the Eagles that stinks. So, that oh, Busco, thank you for joining Busco for one dollar. Busco, my man, Busco, I appreciate that. Thank you. Sour cream and onion, Busco, this should be your new car. Busco's looking for a new car. I got one right here for you, Busco. Sour cream and onion, Nissan, dog, Nissan, Maxima. 
Wow, Rob Wiggles, five bucks. Thank you, Rob Wiggles. Wiggles, wiggle, 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 don't you? For the boots. Yes. And now I'm gonna go get those boots. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the club like uh-uh-uh-na. In the club, guys. In the club. Okay, this sketch is so funny. I think this is so hey, funny. Can I borrow a t-shirt? I got toilet water all over my outfit, and I don't want to tell you how. Awesome tea. Thank you so much. Is this Simpsons, right? Uh, no, it's Pokemon. That show is hilarious. Did you take a shower in there? No, it was just like a toilet water thing. What happened in the bathroom? It's so normal and fine. My hair dries really fast when it comes to toilet water. I mean, regular, regular water. Thanks so much for this coffee. It's really good. Uh, by the way, your toilet water is freezing. I'm gonna go put something in my bag in Wait, your room. Wait, what right? is that? What is that? This is an earring. Earring. Oh my God, no, that is the toilet flusher. What did you do in the toilet? Don't worry, it's not a piss or a shit thing. It's just a toilet water thing and I only do it for good luck. What are you talking? No, no. I don't know, I just feel like really connected to you. Why do you have the top now? Bring me back my toilet pieces. I bet your ex did something really similar. To what? Like what did you do to my toilet water? It feels like you're soaking wet right now. So oh, <laughs> shut up. You're flirting with me now. No, I'm not flirting with you. It's just a girl thing. It's not a girl thing. This is, I think it's a you thing. Okay, well, welcome to dating and COVID. Okay, you know what? Fine, I don't wanna see you again either. Like I said, your toilet water is freezing. So who's the weird one here? It's still you. Uh-huh, yeah. Are you, I can say though. There you go. So, did we get some more patrons? Wow, Scooter the Artist. Yes, so we're so good. How, we're crushing it, the patrons. Let's see the patrons. Let's go. How many are we at now? Come on, patron life, patron life, patron life. Let me say, hey, oh, patrons. Hey, oh, patrons. That's what they say on. Uh, uh, Oh, it's almost the 300 bucks a month. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. I'm so excited. So the toilet water sketch is so funny. Thank you guys for joining. Um, this is an official scene from The Simpsons. Oh, do you guys do this when you guys stay at a hotel? Me? Oh, shit. Shit, I can't play the audio. Do you guys do this at the hotel? I don't want to get a strike for the music. Even though my show's not monetized, I don't know why it matters. I just don't want it to be like hit with some sort of thing. Look at this. Do you guys take all the crap at the hotel? I used to do that, but now I don't do that anymore because I don't need any of the shit. I mean, like when I was like like a struggling, not that I'm not struggling now. I don't want to act like that. But I mean, you know, when I was like a kid on vacation, maybe the shampoos I used to take. But like now if I go to Las Vegas and I stay at a place and it has nice ass shampoo... I don't necessarily take it home. No. Now, this video is badass, guys. This video is badass. This is what y'all have to see. So this is, where is this? Okay, this is them building a freaking, uh, uh, building a bridge in the Netherlands. Look at this, in one weekend. Come on, dog. Look at this. Look at that! That's so pimp, dog. That's how you do your road construction. Now, if you can't freaking enjoy that, that's freaking modern man's doing man's work. Awesome! Another patron. Yes, Alaire73. Thank you, Alaire73. Look at that, dude. They're driving before the weekend's over, and the roads in Dallas are complete trash. 
There's like potholes all through the alleys. Complete trash. Look at this. This is Prince Harry's real dad. If you guys want to know. James Hewitt, not James Hewitt, not Spencer. Princess Diana's ginger-haired writing instructor slash lover in the early '90s. All with the eyes see the resemblance between G all with eyes see the resemblance between James and Harry as uncanny templates. Look at this. Look at that. What do you think about that? Doesn't that answer a lot of questions that you might have? You're like, no. I wonder what this. I wonder how many of that you know. I wonder how many patrons are there. Oh, let me go to my patron. I think we're at... I can't believe you guys... It, it's it's growing. I love that it's growing. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And the patrons only stream is going to be freaking buck wild. We're going to let loose. I believe we're at 85 patrons. Wow. Five more to get to 90 before the night. Five guys sign up somewhere. <sighs> Thank you, one sick talk. Just putting that in the chat. Somebody give me a dollar, 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 dollar bill, y'all. $12 a year to get some freaking uncensored primetime 99 content. Look at this. This is the saddest thing I've in a long time. Random guy. My dad died. Darren Rovell, who's like the big one of the biggest sports broadcasters. This guy posts, going through some things from my dad's collection. No idea where to even start. This guy right here. And Darren Rovell says, pretty much all junk. This guy's talking about his dad's, his dead dad's baseball card collection, and Darren Rovell is throwing shade. This guy's the biggest pro mask announcer there is. So this is like, I know it is a crappy collection. Everybody's talking about how bad of a collection it is, but this is this guy's talking about how his dad just died. He's going through his dad's collection. You got to crap on it like that. There has to be a way to say that uh, more professionally, a little nicer. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. You don't have to be nice. There's no obligation to be nice. But still, you know what I mean. It's a little cold. Dude. Pretty much all junk. Well, okay, let me just throw away all my dad's baseball cards. Well, actually, I agree that you probably should throw it away. But the ones that are just trash are just going to hold you down. Now, this is, if, you, if your foot gets stuck in the door like this, you got some major issues. That's all I'm saying. You got some major, major issues. When you get your foot lodged in the door like this, that's not, that's no bueno. That's no bueno. And this is at the Speedway right here in Dallas. You see, this is how they get it down. They get crazy here in Dallas. This is some next level. This is some good street fighting, in my opinion. Classic. You got the heavier guy and then kind of the stockier guy. You can tell, you know, a little... They're both pretty solid, to be honest. Yeah, they're both not really backing down. Good for them. Wow! To the ground. Bam! That's a nuts. That's a nice. Okay, look at this predictive program. You guys need to follow the fact hunter for sure. Look at this. Corona, doctor, virus. And there's a mask, in, in, you know, right here. What are the chances, dude? What are the chances? Pretty weird predictive program. Truth in the movies, lies in the news. So that's all I need to say. 
You know, it's actually, they consider, if you share Oprah's picture now, that's considered black, digital blackface, if you're not an African-American or a black person. Looks like Cuomo's getting vaccinated. He's on the upswing, so. I love these $1,400 tweets when, when the stimmies hit. Oh, remember this? There's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell. Who the fuck is that guy? Who is this kid? They're all like famous thing. This is the most this is the cringiest thing all year, but who is this kid? It's like they pick somebody on purpose to make you feel like, I don't know who that one is. Like, oh, that's so nice. let's watch it from the beginning. This is so cringe. Gal Gadot, who, let's don't even get me started on her. We can dissect Gal Gadot. She's as bad as, as Illuminati puppet as they come. Imagine there's no heaven. This is what these elitists think we would like this shows you how to out of touch with the reality they are and the content they create is not even good we just watch it because there's nothing else to watch that's the only reason we watch the four main channels we watch these news networks because there's not shit else to watch but this is garbage this is trash and they actually thought this shit was clever they were editing this like oh this is gonna go viral this is gonna really inspire people just speaking you know just speaking truth to power singing imagine thinking about how there is no heaven there is no hell you're just a cosmic accident and even though the world's you know you know burning around you it doesn't matter because you're gonna be dead in a minute anyway ha 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 i mean it's like what the fuck it's easy if you try so cringe to do nothing they kill or die for oh my gosh that is so annoying oh give me a break i just want to puke listening to that look at this guy now this guy is awesome um uh, it's piotr uh petkowski piotr Petkowski, Poland's deputy finance minister. He looks extremely like a 12-year-old playing dress-up as a kid's idea of a grown man. This guy's 29. Look at this guy. He's a badass. Whatever this guy is saying is wrong, but you should just listen to him anyway. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, he like this is he's not qualified to speak upon anything because his brain isn't even done growing. He hasn't even gone through puberty yet. So he's not qualified, but emotionally he is ready to handle it because the trauma he's faced his whole life, mentally he's very capable. Physically, no, you would say he's not, but mentally he is from all the teasing and bullying. So why not rip a sig? I mean, dude, what? And I don't think that's an iPhone. That's like some sort of Android. He's got the, he's just ripping cigs. Good for him. 
Good for him. You know, Poland, they got it going on. I think Poland might be shutting down again or something. But look at this, guys. This is a real depiction of our U.S. military today. Yeah, you guys think Poland is doomed. Look at this. This is a real picture. You know, now our U.S. military has a very pro-LGBT agenda, which is whatever, which is, I guess, I mean, I, I mean, we should help gay people. I'm not anti-helping gay people. But, I mean, this is a little much, making men wear high heels and prance around like this in their uniform. I mean, I don't know what this is, even the excuse for this or the team-building mindset behind it, the goal. Like, I thought the... One for all, all for one. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just some sort of scam, but that's just, this shows you. Okay, we've got to get this woman on the show. Look at her. Ma'am, I'll say, if, if that's you leave, you have to leave. My money's in this bank, and I'm going to take it out. Well, then you have to abide by the rules, that, and you have to have a mask on. Is, this is a state? It's not. Exactly. Businesses have the right to refuse service, even if you're not wearing that's a mask. That's their choice. Awesome. Well, you need to go and get a mask and then take your money out. You're not allowed to do... Ma'am, listen, minutes. we're going to do this the easy way or the hard way. What are you going to do, arrest me? Yes, for intruding on premises. <laughs> what a bitch ass. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and you believe in this? I believe in it. Do you believe in it? The laws, yes. The law says that I do not have to wear a mask. You don't, not in public, My but you're not in public. You're not in public. Yes. This I'm not going to argue with you about place. this. This is not a public okay, place. I'm this is a private business. No, you're business? not. We're going to go outside. Are you serious? Do I look like I'm kidding? Well, I don't know. Because let's, let's walk, go walk outside. you've got some issues. I've got issues. That you're taking away okay. people's human rights. Okay. Ooh, so let's go outside. Let's go outside. shoot me, people. No. You're going to shoot me for trying not to breathe? Cool. Come cool. on, Come on. dude. Don't re oh, don't do that. Oh, no. This is a 65 year old woman. Back up, some old lady is getting handcuffed here. Ma'am, put your hands behind your back. What a joke. You don't stop resisting. Stop arresting this woman for trespassing at a bank that she's a, a, has an account at. You can't trespass at a place you have an account at. You're a member of that bank. Now you're smashing my arm into my private area. Your private area? Yeah. Put your hands behind your back. My hand is behind my back, sir. This one. Turn over on your stomach. Put your hand behind your back. Relax. This is disgusting. This is pure disrespect. How, who is this protecting and serving? Who is this helping? Wow, that's not the whole video. You can look at the whole video. But basically, I mean, this is what's going on in society is they think this is okay. And, and the cops, the rule followers, I mean, dude, why is this cop even wasting his time doing this? He should be so much more chill. Okay, and this, you guys want to talk about cringe. This is, I can't even watch. This is so cringy. Eilish performance, you know? This is, this is Trevor Noah talking about his favorite things about the Grammys. It sucks. To see. I'm always interested in, in seeing a Billie Eilish performance, you know, I, I think she she really puts her mind into thinking about what the performance says, you know, she's one of those artists where there's a message behind the message that is the message. 
And so Shut I'm really up, Trevor Noah. Myself and Phineas have come up with for for their performance. Why does she talk? Um, Why does there's, he... almost, there's, almost, there's always so much more going on than, than than just what you see in the in the main performance. So uh, yeah, that would probably be it. It would be it would be Billie, Billie Eilish. Um, Dua Lipa always just makes you feel good when she performs. So that's gonna be that's gonna be great to see. It's just like like the moves, the choreography, the singing. It, it always it always feels great. Um, who else? The baby. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a generic the baby performance. So I shut to see up! What, gonna be doing. what is he talking about? How many the baby performances has Trevor Noah seen? Zero. Like this is just all mockery. It's just bullcrap. Give me a break. Oh, this shit pisses me off sometimes. Just listen to these elitists talk like this. You guys all need to download the Jeremy Renner app, please. I know we're just going through a Twitter, you know, search tonight, but. There's just a lot on the Twitterverse that we need to dissect. A lot of stuff we need to freaking see. You know what I mean? Come on, dude. But, you know, it's not easy dissecting a lot of what's going on. But um, it's my job. It's, it's my job to come on here and grind and shine and do to the best of my ability. Okay, guys. So... If anyone wants to come on. And I don't know if, if a mod moderator um, can pin my tweet in the chat. I don't know if they, maybe only I can pin it. Oh, yeah, I guess I can pin it. Okay, let me go like this. Let me go. Wow, I can pin it. This is awesome, duh. Let's see if it now maybe it'll come up now. Primetime nine and nine, Alex Stein. No, a lot of chat is going on. It's still not loading. Yeah, y'all can't pin comments. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know who could pin comments or not. It looks like I'm the only one that can pin comments. Now, if this will if this will show back if my YouTube will come back, then I could pin it. But I guess okay. Oh, it shows up like that. Okay, cool. It shows up like Chrome Conspiracy Castle. It doesn't say restream. Okay, that's badass that it does that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here the Zoom link is pinned. If you guys want to join the show here at the Conspiracy Castle, we're not going to go too late, but you know, you want to talk about fake Titanic, you want to come on the show. Also, Apple Podcasts. Let's get that. Let's get this going. Please, for the people with the iPhone, please click this link and go give this a vote. If you guys can do that, please give me a five-star vote. I would really appreciate that. I'm sure some people that don't like me are going to give me some other sort of vote. I have no idea, but... Oh, is this... Where's my... Okay, okay. Let me see this. If you guys can give me a vote, please. Yeah, my real background I have is I'm in a I'm in my freaking sunroom. The real background, some of my first episodes I had it. How far do you think uh, we are from the sun? Now, personally, I believe the sun, moon, and stars rotate around us, and I believe the light that we see from the sun is really close. Now, how far the actual sun is, I don't know, like how far the light that's being projected, but like the thing we see in the sky is really close, less than 100 miles. I know that sounds crazy, but just the way it moves, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it's, it's very far. 
and I guess what is that like the line of sight? Whatever about the literal line of sight is awesome, Jesse. Thank you for joining the patron, Jesse. A dollar fifty is another one. Man, I'm really e begging tonight. I'm asking you guys all to join this thing, and I'm asking you all to join my patron. Now I'm asking you all to go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five star. I'm sorry. Here, let's see Daryl. Let's see what Daryl's got going on. Let me get Daryl going. Daryl, hold on, hold on. Let me set you up. Let me get you full view, full screen. Let me let me hide self view. Yo, you can hit it. Yo, what's up, Daryl? What's going on? What are we chiefing on? Indica Sativa? What do we got cooking tonight, my man? That OG, that Cali OG. Cali OG, that's what I'm talking about, dude. That's what I'm talking about. So we're getting twisted off. We're relaxing. Listen to the castle. Did you know that Titanic was a bullshit deal? Oh, yeah, man. I knew it. Everything. You know, they always get us everything. And then they make a movie about it. You know, so. Yeah, I heard it was like, first it was an assassination. Try to get some of those banker guys. Then heard the insurance thing. So it all makes sense. Probably all of those in one. They cancel right at the last minute, like, yeah, break. Yeah, it's like 9-11, you know? 9 -11. Uh, it's just like 9-11, insurance fraud. Speaking of 9-11, are you going to watch? You know, I'm debating. I'm trying to make him growl. I'm debating this Saturday, a modern-day debate. Are you double-chiefing? Are you smoking a cig and a bowl, or is that a joint and a bowl? What is that, a clove Three cig? What, I, I don't like know even... Wow, dude, you're really trying to get you're trying to get faded and X-rated tonight. I can appreciate that. Where are you at? Where are you at, Daryl? Is it cold where you're at? Uh, it's a little bit chilly. I'm by the beach, Oxnard, California, Ventura County. Kind of close to LA, about an hour away. And are you in the horse stables, dude? You got those badass hats. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, what what's going on? Look at the baby chickadees. Saddle, got my hat, got my rodeo buckles. My little man cave out here. I live at a horse I ranch. Dude, that's, that's badass. You're in Oxnard at a horse ranch like that. People don't realize that weather's beautiful. You got some really good Cali bud. Life's pretty good. Well, how's the lockdown treating you? I bet like shit. But it's probably not that. Oh, you probably didn't change... But it probably didn't change your life that much because you're probably kind of a little isolated. Not that Oxnard is like in the boon at all. It's, not, it's like, what, 45 minutes from L.A.? But um, you know what I mean? It's it's still kind of a little out in the booties compared, I guess. Yeah, well, we're out here with, like, all the fields and they grow strawberries and the cities are, like, you know, 20 minutes away from us. But I can ride my horse to the beach from here. I've done it a couple times. So, hey, awesome. it Hey, there, there was a sheriff during like one of the BLM rallies that rode a horse. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see where he rode a horse around on the concrete and they had to euthanize it? Uh, why is that? Why do they have to euthanize oh, a horse? I don't think he was a sheriff. Or whatever that guy. Not a sheriff. Wasn't he some law enforcement or was he just a, just some random dude? He's just some random dude. And um, yeah, he probably ran that horse so hard with no shoes that like the cement will scrape their feet away after a while, you know? So he was just an idiot and riding his horse like a jackass and uh, he probably fucked his feet up so bad that um, they had to put him down. Yeah, they can do that because their feet are like 
like the tires on a car. Once they're gone, it's like you can't replace them. That is so fucked up. I mean, it's not fucked up that you can't replace him, but it's like, dude, he killed that horse for that one last ride, and then they got to, like, give me a break. That steed spent all those years riding. Somebody's underneath, you know, is underneath somebody forever. Probably nobody got hurt on it. And then this one asshole kills it. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, well, how often do you see people at that horse ranch get, get fucked up by the horses? Oh, get a Christopher Reeve or whatever. Uh, it depends on this ranch. Not too much. It's like mostly ladies that come pet their horses, and once in a while they'll get like head butted or something stupid, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's not too wild over here. But I do rodeos, dude. I see where like uh, bulls and horses. Like I've been bucked off and kicked, and but this is my rodeo buckle. I won it back in two thousand. Like what event? <laughs> Barrel racing? What event were you doing? Barrel racing. That's for girls. Uh, this was Wild Horse Race. Wild Horse Race. It's a, it's a crazy event. You got to look it up to understand. It's too long to explain right here. But it's three guys, the wild horse. One guy has to hop on and ride it and then um, ride it to a certain point and then jump off. And I'm the rider. So. That's badass. So I right. dated this. No, no, let me tell you this. I want to hear you say I dated this barrel racer. She was the most sexually aggressive woman I ever dated. Have you ever dated a barrel racer? Oh, she almost, she almost, them, she almost went to national, or she went to nationals and didn't win. She almost won. She went to nationals in Las Vegas in high school. She was a high school nationals rodeo star, and then she ended up getting. A, she went to University of Texas, like not riding rodeo, really smart. Dude, this woman was, this girl was hardcore, and she was the toughest girl, too, that I knew. Uh, really smart, and she ended up dumping me and getting married. She's a nice girl, no bad blood, but dude, she was, I couldn't bang her enough, dude. She's, uh, I feel like the, all that banging on that horse, you know, it, it, it desensitized her. Yeah, them horse women are crazy. First of all, they're aggressive. They're always smacking them big horses around, and then they get on, and they get on the horse, and they start feeling it between their legs, you know, and Hey, everybody's saying uh, everybody's saying rodeos are animal abuse, but it's like you know, I'm an animal lover, and I feel like zoos. You can say like zoo is an animal abuse. I get it. Like like the looking listen. If 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 you look at Shamu, Shamu is very sad at SeaWorld, but like some of these animals we're gonna have to sacrifice and we put in a tank so we can look at. Like I know that sounds terrible. I'm an animal lover. I don't necessarily think we shouldn't have zoos. I think you know, some animals have to sacrifice so people can see them and maybe learn about them and maybe actually fall in love with them to protect them. I don't know. What do you think about zoos and rodeos and animal abuse, that kind of deal? Well the rodeos, I can uh, I can get rid of those myths real quick. So at first, everyone thinks that they, they strap a thing to their balls, right? It's not true because they do girl horses too. You know, they use girl horses out there. So how can you do that to a girl horse's balls? They don't. It's just around their flank area, right behind the back of their legs. And it's a soft thing. It's like um, sheep skin, but it's just a little bit tight. And they don't like anything right there. So bulls and horses, they'll kick when that's on. And these horses, they're bred to do this. This is their job and their career. And the people who own them, stock contractors to bring them to the rodeo, they want these horses to be strong and agile because they can beat the cowboys. Some of these bulls in the PBR, they're worth, their sperm is worth, you know, hundreds of thousands. Is it, wait, slow down. Slow down. I know, I know I've heard I've heard the horses, but it's not worth a hundred. Is it literally worth a hundred thousand? I mean, can, like I know a horse's semen, but a bull's semen can literally be worth a hundred grand. Like not ten. You're talking about uh, six oh, figures for this for bulges. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and the bulls themselves, you know, bulls are worth like a million dollars, a really good one. And um, what? They have million dollar yeah. bulls? I believe you, but what, dude? I just, I guess that. But you're not eating those bulls. Those are for breeding, obviously. I mean, you're not going to eat a million dollar bull. No, there's all kind of like rich people. Well, like they'll instead of owning a racehorse, they'll own a bull, and they'll train it. They'll uh, pay a trainer to um, to train that bull and take him to the rodeos and compete against the cowboys. Because the way it works in the rodeo is the cowboy can get fifty points, up to fifty points, and the animal gets up to fifty points. So you want a good fucking bull or horse. So that it can get a high score for you, you know, because if you get like, let's say you get a bad horse or a bad bull, they'll give you a re a re ride because like that animal did perform, so you know we'll give you a chance to get on one that does for your score. Wow! So these people want to just make money with their one. Well, it's probably more of a passion sport, but they want to just get the most badass bull, the biggest, strongest, meanest fucking bull that's undefeated. So, like, do you think they feel bad, the guy that owns the bull, when it crushes a cowboy and he's paralyzed? Do you think they give two shits or they're just like, fuck it? Like, do you think they get any pleasure out of that? They feel bad. Everyone feels bad when that happens. You know, but, um, yeah. but they want their bull to win because they make money. Yeah, no shit they want their bull to win. And Sarah, who's one of my good friends, she's just saying how, you know, it does... You know, with every event, though, there's, like, she's talking about the gambling and all this, you know, aspect. Of course, there's going to be CD stuff. It's like... Like, I remember one of the biggest fights I got in as a kid is my dad's in the bail bond business, and I was a young kid, and, and how it works is my dad has, like, agents in these small towns, and these agents that live in these small towns, like Centerville, Texas, they go back and forth to the jail. And he had this guy that worked for him, his name was Skinny, he was, like, really fat, and, I was, and he said that he was into uh, cockfighting. And I said to him, I was like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, we put razor blades in these chickens fight. And I said in front of my dad, I was like, oh, that's really white trash. And I got so grounded for saying that. You know, I remember as a little kid, that was like one of the biggest, my dad's heart sunk. He's like, you can't, you can't call somebody's thing like that. I was like a, like 10 or 11 or 12, you know, I was a kid, but not a little kid. And I remember the guy's eyes, he felt really offended, you know, because he technically worked for my dad, even though it was kind of a more of a mutual thing. It wasn't like my dad was his boss. My dad just kind of showed him. It's hard to explain. It's kind of a weird dichotomy. I should have been respectful to the guy. But it just learns different strokes for different folks. So that's part of their culture. Like, I hate it. I want to save those chickens. But people are cockfighting. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I just, what can I do? Uh, the Mexicans like to do that, too. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cruel world. We got a lot of chickens and roosters here, probably about 50. You know, I have mine. But then the lady who owns the ranch has, like, a bunch. And uh, we get fresh eggs every day. But the roosters, they'll fight on their own. And, you know, they'll fight like, like Rocky and the... <laughs> And Mr. T, but um, they put the razors on, and that just takes it to the next level. Yeah, but they're just stupid chickens. There's a million of them. There's a million of them. And you don't want too many roosters, you know, like people, like ranches. Like when we have our eggs hatched. These two little babies right here, I don't know what they're going to be. I'm hoping they're chickens, but if they're roosters, they're kind of like no good, really. You know, it's gotta... Why, why are the roosters no good? Hold on, Busco. Turn off your audio, Busco. Welcome to the show, Busco. You're live at the Conspiracy Castle. I'm bringing you on with Daryl, my freaking, my rodeo king. Daryl, I don't know if you know Busco, but he's a longtime listener, friend of mine. What up, Daryl? Yeah, I've been, that was very interesting. All the bull talk. That was, yeah, million dollar bulls, whatever. <laughs> what? Did you know yeah, that they had million dollar bulls? Did you know that? I mean, I, I'm not surprised by it. Rich people do all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, I knew about the horses and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, makes sense, you know. 
a million dollars points and the you know the, the the riders riding the bull and the you know whatever yeah but fuck it you know i guess bushwhacker remember that alex look up bushwhacker the bull and you'll see his whole career he's famous for fucking off all the best cowboys he had like 42 fuck offs in a row of all the top ranked bull riders let's watch bushwhacker Oh, we're going to watch it. He, so this guy, Bushwhacker, was he undefeated? Undefeated until one cowboy finally got him. But that was like kind of, you know, he already was beating all the cowboys. So he was getting older, but he was still, you know, a force. But uh, finally somebody conquered J.B. Mooney. Sure, sit it down. Reporting. He's like the Michael okay. Jordan of bull riding. Yeah, I know. I'm about, to, I'm about to pull him up. You guys will see. Let me find some good highlights. Okay, top bull score. The world finals made him. Okay, hold on. Let's see. I feel like bull riding is fair, but the bull. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, no horse. Uh, too, yeah. <laughs> the bull does it on purpose. The horse usually does it by accident. Yeah, yeah. Horses just trying to get the fuck away. Okay. Exactly. The bull. This is Bushwhacker. Wow! Look at Bushwhacker. <laughs> And the whole top. Is <laughs> of what a bull, Craig. This bushwhacker is. What bull, a bull, Craig. Look at that bull is flying, dude. That bull is fucking got wings. That bull is on Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's badass. That's awesome. Damn, dude, that thing is badass. Okay, that bull's worth two million dollars. That bull's worth two. That bull's not. That bull's worth is way more than a million dollars. Okay, let me see if it's some more videos. Let me see if we can find a couple more. World champions are pushed back. For him, that was bodacious. Like blonde bull. Oh, he was a motherfucker. 39 straight buck offs. Oh, I said 32. Well, they wear helmets now. Yeah. Look at that yeah. thing, dude. Wow. Dude, that thing just gets in there and starts jumping up and down. I mean, it's legs. He's going to flip over. He's going to flip himself over. It's like he knows that if he just. <laughs> wow, this is so badass, man. I need to stop smoking weed or something. This is too cool. This is like the coolest thing I've seen in a while. Look at that beast. Everyone thinks they're abused, but they basically go to a rodeo. They get one ride. You know, they don't ride them over and over. They get one ride, and then they only have to work for only eight seconds at the most. You know, if the guy rides them for eight seconds, that's the end. But usually this will fall off in like two seconds, five seconds, and that's all that animal does. Is they go back and feed them and give them fucking things. You know, that's a life right there. Yeah, I know. I guess I need to freaking start getting into to bull riding, right? Do I need to jump on a bull? Is that what we're saying? Except they bind you with whenever you go out to perform. I don't care. I have a cat. I'm going to do cat riding. How can I incorporate it? I'm going to create a cat rodeo, Daryl. How can I do that? Or we race cats? You know what? I'm not sure, but I have five kittens in the room right behind me. The mother cat. So I have to do a cat rodeo right now. 
You're my hero. So you have five kittens? I'm so jealous. I have one baby kitten. I love, I mean, I mean, he's now almost a year. I love cats. Cats are so fucking badass, dude. We have the five kittens, my cat, then the lady who owns the ranch in the big house has two cats, and then the other Mexican guy who works here too has another cat. So we got a bunch of cats. And they're all 69ing each other, apparently? Yeah, well, our two, we didn't fix them in time. They got, they got jiggy with it. <laughs> it sounds like it. Now you got a bunch of uh, litter. You got a stinky litter. Well, they can go poop outside, and they probably get ran over by the horses and stepped on, sadly. Like, that was another thing, dude. That fucking barrel racer. And, and I liked her at the time. I wasn't a cat nut. She used to always be like, yeah, I don't really like cats. I'd be like, why? She'd be like, oh, because, like, we'd see a lot of dead cats growing up on the ranch. And I'd be like, oh, she'd be like, you just see them because, like, they'd get killed by another animal or they'd get, like, you know, ran over or something, you know, just something, you know. She just said that there'd be a lot of dead cats, so she kind of, like, was, like, emotionally detached from them. Do you see a lot of dead ones on your ranch? Not to kill the low vibrational, not to make it so low vibrational. That's all right. I'm, uh, like, the only thing that really will kill cats is, like, uh, a coyote, you know, and even then the cats are slick. They know what to do. And then we love cats at a ranch because they kill snakes, kill mice, uh, lizards, bugs, spiders, everything. So they kill the little critters. So you love to have barn cats. You no, know? we love cats around here. And they survive. They're tough. They have a good. They have a good ass life too. They're out in the sun. They're hunting. Nine lives, dude. No cats. You don't tell me they're very resilient. They're fucking badass. Okay, Busco, what's going on with you, dude? So I, I came to work. I, I came and saw you today. We got the freaking, we submitted the car. No rush to sell it. It got fucked up. How did it get that hail damage on it? Man, that had a lot of your car. It got fucked up on the roof. Uh, when that hailstorm came through about a year and a half ago, I worked in Allen and just got yeah destroyed it destroyed my front windshield that back windshield and you so that it. just happened basically so i mean because it was a nice looking car did you see in the picture angle it didn't i made it look not as bad did you notice that when i sent you the thing the I picture was, you I, I was at work so i didn't really look through it that hard i saw what you said yeah yeah uh, we need to sell the bitch when you're ready i just can't believe that that hail can fuck up that car like that I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it a bunch. I just can't believe yours was that unlucky. Like, you couldn't get it underneath. And you couldn't get it under anything? You were sleeping? Or what the fuck happened? Like, how? You just let it. What happened? How did it get hit so bad? I was literally at work on a Sunday at Allen working a double. And the storm just happened. And there was not nowhere to move it to. So, like, it just yeah <laughs> but you got it you must have got a check you got it totaled out so you're good so you've been driving a free car yeah yeah 100 which yeah i was all for it i didn't yeah it was no problem yeah, so you got lucky you got lucky that it totaled out okay tell me this so shells you're at shells today i haven't eaten there in a while you know i don't know but dude what is the vibe in shells like with corona are there a lot of call in to go orders you know or like what's the deal with shells is you guys been busy i'm just wondering how the restaurant business is doing in general just trying to get like maybe not just shells but i wonder are people going out to eat as much have you seen an uptick yeah there's been an uptick i mean two weeks prior to the whatever ending of the mandate last week it was slowly getting busier um it had been pretty steady the whole time because we're kind of in an area where everybody you know, eats out a little more often. And last week, it just, yeah, it was busy last week. 
It was the first week open, yeah. Okay, good. Well, and you're at Snyder Plaza. People are always going to go to a place in Snyder Plaza, but you know, I just kind of try. I'm saying I don't ever eat at restaurants anymore. Daryl, do you ever eat at restaurants, dude? I don't hardly ever go. I I can't tell you the last time I sat down at a restaurant and had a waiter. Literally, that's how fucking pathetic my life has become. I either get takeout or I cook food. Daryl, have you been eating at restaurants very much during this deal? Well, you know what? Out here, it's like they lock us down and. They- uh, you're not allowed to eat anywhere, and then you're allowed to eat uh, outside, then inside, then outside. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, you know. And I hate eating outside. That's the reason I go to a restaurant so I don't have to eat outside with the flies and the cold wind or the hot sun. But over here, everything's masked. Um, you can eat outside, and you can't. It's like ridiculous over here, you know. And in the beginning, I used to fight all the time with people and argue and make a scene with the masks. But now I'm kind of just like, oh, whatever. I'm not gonna get through to these people. Like, uh, it's just an uphill battle. Let me just get my my fucking modelos and get out of here, you know? And then, um, yeah, it's like that. It's kind of like they've broken my spirit in that way. But it's kind of like I just realized all these people are sheep. Never gonna get through them. I was raised in a cult, like a Jehovah's Witness, and it's just I got out of that as soon as I could. You were raised Jehovah's Witness? You were raised Jehovah's Witness, so you never got a Christmas or anything, Daryl? So you didn't get shit growing up, did you? But you know what the good thing about that is? You don't have to get nobody nothing when you get older. So I was getting birthday presents. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I, I... Well, I grew up with a single dad, so he never really got me like a bunch of presents. And now... I mean, we still do something little, but not. I'm saying presents aren't a big thing. But dude, you really went. You really struggling. So Jehovah's Witness, explain the weird dichotomy of Jehovah's Witness and what separates it. Like, what makes it so kind of culty where they're going around? Like, what was? What's the worst aspects of Jehovah's Witness? Okay, well they, they'll shun you. You know, once you get baptized, they consider you like a full member. So you're in all the rules. So they love bomb you when you do good things, things that you want, and then when you things that are against their religion and shun you. So they believe, they're Christians, but they believe that God's going to come down any day now, destroy all the wicked people who are, you know, wicked at heart and not Jehovah's Witnesses, and then they're going to get to live on earth forever, perfect in health and in a paradise. The dead people are going to come back. There's no sickness. Animals aren't going to eat each other. Um, <laughs> Animals are going to eat each other. What are they going to eat? <laughs> I mean, we don't need food, I guess. Yeah, it's like you don't know what it is you're in there. You know, when they go door to door, they're not telling you like what they really believe. It's like Scientology, you know? So it's a cult. And when they kick you out of religion or you leave, like your parents aren't supposed to talk to you, none of your family. Like they have propaganda 24 7. They go to church like four days a week and then when they're not in church they're preparing for church and it's just they're a cult you're not allowed to date anyone outside of religion you're not allowed to for marriage you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes you're not allowed to smoke weed you're not allowed to do this or that or that you know and they just kick you out my basically like i don't like cheat my family they're all in that cult like just being my girl Wow, Daryl. So your parents and your family are still Jehovah's Witness. I mean, it is hardcore. You know, I see the guys at the lake. I walk around Bachman Lake, and like, I guess like on Saturdays or Sundays, they'll be out there with the full pamphlets. And they just, their vibes look nice. They look nice, but you can just tell like they're like pent up. Like something's. They get Go the ahead. poor people, and they get who are like, um, like down because they just lost a relative, or they're just down in life. You know, they get the, the low hanging fruit those people and they're, they're Christians they believe in Jesus and it's just, 
they still try to convert me, even though I've been out for all these years, and I'm like all tatted up, and they know I'm not. You know, but um, they still try. They'll try. They'll never stop trying. And they think, you know, that's their only hope. I, I used to argue with them about it, you know, when I was younger all the time, butt heads and kicked out and all that stuff and had to find my own way. But um, I used to argue with them, but now I don't because they're so old, and that's their only hope. They didn't invest in money. They invest in nothing because they think the end of the world stuff. So they give all their time, all their money, all their effort to that religion. You know, it's all about money. There's like seven guys in New York, like six white guys and a black guy, who are the leader of that. And they tell the whole world, that seven million around the world, in Africa and all that shit. They tell them what to do and they print the shit. And then they want you to go. If you're a good Jehovah's Witness, you get to go to New York and print the shit. Work like a slave for free. Do that. New York. Wait, wait, wait. So, so now I want to hear more. New York's the hub of Jehovah's Witness, though. New York City. Be Brooklyn, but then they moved to like uh, some other part of New York. But yeah, they got the big ass real estate, big old buildings. They got churches all over, and they own them. And then they get the Jehovah's Witnesses. They make them build them. They have a crew. You know, they get the people to be a crew, and they're like, "All right, you guys are gonna be cement." They teach them. And they build the buildings and they sell them and they build the properties and it's all donations, you know, like the church people. And then when they go door to door, they'll fucking ask for a little bit of money here and there. So it's all donations, tax free. It's a big scam. And they're child molesters. It just came out, you know, I'm trying to tell my family, but they don't want to hear it. You know, Everybody's a chomo. I'm saying all organized religions are full of chomos. That's why they get into it because they they're like you know can't be gay, so they get ultra religious in whatever the whatever religion they vibe with. So if it's Jehovah's or Catholicism, go ahead, uh, uh, Daryl. Oh, they they hide it and they don't report it to police. They handle it within themselves and they just shuffle around just like the Catholics. And then they were even trying to talk shit about the Catholics, like oh look at them, you know. But then they got busted doing it. But their religion, their believers refuse to believe it. They won't watch it. You know, anything, oh, that's against the whole, oh, that's Satan. You know, it's like these are brainwashed. And I see the same aspects in, like, the world now with the whole corona shit, you know, and the mass, these fools, and the Great Reset. Like, this is Agenda 2030. Like, you're not supposed to own any property within, like, eight, eight years, you know? Like, you're going to love it. You're like, going to love not owning it, is what they say. can't come back to work. I know, but it's not worth the fight. I mean, I mean, I mean, the test is bullshit because, you know, it could break some sort of blood brain barrier or your cranial or whatever the fuck. I know it's not good for you to show something up your fucking skull, but it's like, you know, you're getting mad at her. You know, it's not her. It's not you or her's fault that she has to take the test. I mean, I agree with you. I like you're passionate about it. It just sucks. Because, like, I've been yelling at my dad being like, you cannot get the vax. You cannot get inoculated. Like, you cussing him out. It's like, 
why am I getting in this low vibrational state where I'm yelling at my dad about it? You know, it's like, that's what they want me to do. And it's like, the more I yet, not that I'm like, ah, but I mean, I'm like, dad, you can't, you know, I'm being like really stern. And the more I do that, I'm like, fuck, I'm probably pushing them to take it. So it's like, that's what they want us to do. They want you to like fight with your significant other, whether it's like your parent or your daughter or your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever. Um, so then they're winning. Then they put you in the low vibrational state. So it just sucks that, it's so easy to fall into their traps that they they lay right for us. Hey, Busco, uh, real quick, I want to ask you. So, what's the deal? You're in a comedy contest this week. Is that is that what's going on? What's the deal with that, Jamie Gravy? So, I think tell me the deets on that comedy deal. Uh, it's actually next Tuesday. I was uh, I was checking in. I was going to see it tomorrow night. If you're not busy, we're doing an open mic at uh, Turkey Leg Paradise over by Southside over. Uh, I'm going to be there tomorrow night. I'll be there because I do a show in the afternoon. I will be there 100% tomorrow night. Well, where is it, though? Um, well, I'll figure it out. It's about, you know where uh, like Zalot Pizza is? Or, you know where Southside Ballroom is? And, like, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. I know exactly where that is. It's right there. Um, and, yeah, and then next Tuesday, yeah, there's a comedy competition at Blue Sonote and Bishop Arts District. So we'll see. I, don't know. I hope you grind it out. Okay, well I'm gonna be there tomorrow. I'll probably I'm gonna try to film it. We'll do I'm gonna do some conspiracy shit and we'll upload it. We'll we'll show it on the thing so everybody can rate me and bash me how unfunny I am. So you gotta hold me to it. So we'll see. It's not easy, guys. Being a, 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 a stand-up comic, you guys will get to see my bit. So tomorrow night. So the people will like that, Busco. I think the people on the conspiracy castle one in the chat. Tomorrow night, do you guys want to see my open mind? I'm not going to do it live. I'll, I won't stream it live, but maybe. I, no, but that's what I'm saying. Cause I, I don't want to stream it live. I want to film it and show it to you after, show it to you. So if you guys want to see the stand-up bit, you give a one in the chat, one in the chat um, for that. So, Daryl, you know, I'm really excited to talk to you. I like your perspective. I like that you're chilling in California. I'm jealous of that. But uh, I guess you don't have any plans to change or anything. Are you just going to ride it out? What, what Have you heard people saying they're going to recall Gavin Newsom? What have you heard about that? Uh, yeah, I hear that, man. But I really think that like politics, just all of it, is just a big uh, distraction. And it's already, they already got all their people in. And we can vote. Our votes don't count. Like, of course, the election was stolen, but they were all been stolen. You know, they're, they're yeah. elected, not yeah. If you, I would tell people, if you were in charge of it and you were like at the top, uh, and you can control it. Would you let people vote? You know, would you let them get power back, or would you just fix it and let them think they got some power? And you'd be like, oh well, our guy didn't win. What can you do? You know, like democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding uh, was what's, what's for dinner. For dinner? <laughs> I love that. It's just a big joke. All of our our systems really messed up. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to do. It's messed up. We know it, but they got the power. And they always talk about nonviolence and this and this and that. But that's all the governments all around the world uses violence. You know, you can march. You can march all you want. Like, what is that? I haven't gotten anybody. They've been marching since Martin Luther King, you know? And they just come with a tank and run you over. You're marching. So it's like, you know, they say by nonviolence. But that's why we got the Second Amendment, you know? They're making it hard so they can't find no bullets nowhere. <laughs> yeah well civil disobedience is our only way but it, the problem is the the media controls the narrative so like even if we went out on the street they would say everybody on the streets are racist <laughs> you know it's like everybody that went to the capital is a domestic terrorist dude and like you'd argue that those people that are up there want the best for america you know 
So it's just it, it sucks. We we can never defeat the, the 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 methods of communication that they have against the common person. Because even if we try to talk on platforms like YouTube or Instagram or whatever, and we're talking about anything anti-CDC or anti-WHO, you're subject and liable to getting your account terminated. So we live in a current 1984 reality. Yeah, YouTube deleted my first account. I didn't have no videos either. I had like one or two rodeo videos maybe, but I would just comment a lot. I would talk a lot of shit on there. But one day, I was trying to go to just look for my uh, subscriptions, and it was like, cannot be found, cannot be found. And I looked at my email. It's like, oh, hello, sir. We deleted your account. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, motherfucker. Like, uh, so you must have been talking real shit in the chat. Wait, Daryl, they, they cut you out for talking shit. That's what they do, that for. But that's normal. A lot of people get that. That's not that unusual. Yeah, but that's how I found you, man. Like, I had to refind all my, my, my channels, my truth channels, and things like that. And that's how I found you. And then, you know, the conspiracy channel. So it's might have been a good thing. And I love David Weiss. You can tell him, tell him that, man, I love you. Like, I always listen to your shit. You always roast these clothes. I'm a pet earther. I try to tell people, but it's just like the Jehovah's Witness thing. I see it in them, you know? You try to tell them, but they're just so indoctrinated in this shit that they just ain't trying to hear it. They're with their regular life. They try to watch Kobe Bryant and basketball and all this. Give them a bread and uh, circuses. They'll never revolt, you know? And that's what we got right now. That's why they're letting these sports go. LeBron James. Like, who cares about LeBron James? Like, how many millions does he make? And, you know, like, it's just crazy. It's upside down world, you know? Dude, you got all the good talking points. Daryl, you need I want you to keep going. You need your own channel. Keep going. You're really nailing it though. But but the Kobe Bryant, like like so you're telling me you bring it up to Jehovah's Witness and they don't even want to hear about it, but don't they do do they not are they not into Genesis? What's that? Are, are they not into yeah, are they not into Genesis and it describes the earth as immovable? Do they not vibe with that at Jehovah's Witness? Oh, you know what? They 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 like they don't even I try to tell them that, but that's not even part of their religion they're they're i can tell they're so i think they're like another big uh control method you know like scientology it's just another goofy religion so they don't even um, i know it's a goofy religion so they don't even vibe with the bible like like the bible's not like that big a deal at the bible first when i was young they used to use the king james version and then they came out with theirs the new world translation and then years later i already got out of the religion but i was kind of halfway around they came up with a new one. So it's like they rewrite it, and it's the little words that they place that make their Bible look right. It's just some 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 dumb stuff. And I always tell my parents, what about the bad stuff in the Bible? What about when the bears were eating the children because they called the guy a bald head? Like, yeah. that's, that's like terrible, you know? And then they used to stone like, uh, people who would like, steal or, or like uh, – be a virgin for just some little stuff. Like, you just stone your children. There's so much bad stuff in the Bible, you know, and people never talk about it. And there's contradictions, too. You know, I went deep with this shit when I was, um, when I was leaving the religion, you know, I was by myself, but my whole family was in it, everyone I knew, like, I was surrounded by it, but I just had questions that they couldn't answer. And they didn't like you to question it, just like the COVID shit, you know, they don't like, oh, we don't have no questions, oh, just listen to it, oh, faith, faith, you know, like, what? No, I got some questions. I haven't got no answers. Don't make sense, you know. Yeah, it was a whole deal. I used to fight my dad all the time, and my mom's in it still, and like my whole family's in it. My little nieces are being born into it, indoctrinated. And I'm like, oh man, what
No relief from the religion. You do get born into it. Harmon, what do you think about my comedy bit tomorrow? I don't even have a routine. I'll write it before I get up there, but are you excited to see it? Well, I like you when you ad lib anyway. You get when you get on a roll right now, you're a little low, low energy. You must have been up a long afternoon. I know, I am low energy tonight. You know, and I was low energy yesterday. It's funny you say that. It's just I've been kind of low energy the last couple of days. I don't know why. It's it's like uh, I don't know why. Try eating a steak, you'll be better. I know you hate it. No, I love when you make fun of me because you're so right. Somebody said the drinking game is if every time if you want to get really shit faced, every time Alex mentions eat not eating meat, uh, you uh, uh, you'll get shit faced. But you're right, you know. But it made me think of a good point. It causes involuntary virtue signaling because because I think that I'm better than you because I don't eat meat, and I don't really think that I'm better than Harmon. Like I know I'm a piece of trash, right? And Daryl, I know I'm not better than you. I'm not saying that, but it's like when you're like, well, I don't eat meat, and everybody's like, oh, I ate a juicy steak. In my mind, some. I'm like, well, at least I'm not killing that cow. You know, it's funny. What I'm saying is it comes out. I try not to even act like that, but it's I call it involuntary virtue signaling where I'm like bragging. And I and this is this is the point too. Because he's like a barbecuer, the guy that I kept saying to, I was I felt extra uh what is it insignificant or extra what is it where you when you lack something from the other guy? Uh uh you know, insufficient compared to him because I didn't eat meat, so I felt extra self-conscious about it. So, yes, I make fun of it. I always talk about it, Harmon. I love when you guys tease me. Oh, and thank you for joining the patron, Harmon. You're a $10 patron, so you're a deluxe. You're a deluxe patron, so I just want to I want to recognize you. Busco's a patron as well. Thank you, Busco. $1 patron, I might add. This is the first time in like a couple years, and I've been on missions and everything like this. So one of the Joe Witness told me why they go preaching to everybody and tell me if this is true or not, that they say they do that so that they won't feel bad if because they give a person a chance to sit there and follow the religion. But when the rapture comes, because they really preach that rapture a lot, like you said, that they're going to take over the earth and everybody else is going to be burning and stuff. So they won't feel guilty because they've already told people. That's why they do the missionary work. Is that what you've heard? Knocking door to door? Well, it's similar to that. Um, they have, they're going door to door to try to find like-minded ones. The truth is they're trying to find more suckers to recruit to their religion to get more money and to recruit more. It's like a pyramid scheme. But what they say is in the Bible that uh, the good news has spread to every inhabitant of the earth. So they think in order for the end to come, they have to preach it around the whole earth. My parents have been telling me that's happened ever since I was little. It's done. But uh, and I tell them you'll never do that because kids are always... Um, people are always dying and people are always getting older. There's no way your little group will reach everybody, you know? So, but they try to do it because they think that there's that in the Bible and that uh, they have to spread the good news. And, you know, um, they say they're the only so it doesn't have, have that. It doesn't have nothing with them feeling guilty that uh, if they didn't do it, they if they didn't try and do that, they wouldn't feel guilty. Well, Is that not part of it? There's a scripture in the Bible that says if they didn't preach, if nobody preached, that the rocks themselves would cry out. And I always used to tell my dad, like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, if the rocks were crying out, I think people would, you know, like, I think you guys should let the rocks talk, you know, like, that's ridiculous. But uh, that must have been metaphorical or something. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where they get their reasoning from. They get all their reasoning from the Bible. So I didn't want, get to see you know, at the beginning. Come on, you got you have horses at the place you're at. Oh, we got about thirty something horses. Right now. About thirty some horses. Yeah. What a life! But that what a good life that is out there. Oh, yeah, love it. That is, that is awesome. 
Go ahead, Alex. I'm trying to get out of here. Oh, I just oh, I had some nachos. I ate at the that restaurant. I ate at Buster's restaurant. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just oh. oh it's that delicious vegan food you ate. Right I ate a Busco gave me some takeout for free and now I'm just shitting my pants, Busco. I got you at first. This is a fake fart machine and I'm not very good at it. Busco, did you think I was actually farting at first when you heard those noises? No, I didn't those. I figured it was that. Yeah. You knew you thought I was shitting my pants, dude. You thought I was shitting my pants. No, you you fell for it. good enough. I know, I gotta be like, that one's gonna get... It wasn't a real to leave on your face. Or strange. Okay, this is terrible. This is an adult show. This is entertainment purposes only. Okay, so Harmon, what's what's going on uh, with you this evening? It's always a pleasure to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. I feel, or, yeah, you know, just in a while. Yeah, playing poker online, trying to win some money. Okay, Harmon, I want to put you in one of these debates. I want to set up a debate for you in Modern Day Debate because you need to debate the T-Jump guy. He debates. Have you ever watched Modern Day Debate? Yeah, I've watched it a few times. I'm but saying I want you Flat Earth on there. Well, I want you to do. Do you want to debate Flat Earth? I'll set it up because I want you to debate T-Jump because he has the same chair. He lays in his chair just like you and will debate you. <laughs> the guy will love it. I, I'm telling you, I'll tell the guy. I'm telling you, James is friends of mine. I'll tell you, James, I got this guy. The only thing is you'll probably need to put your phone. If you can put your phone, you could hold it the whole time. James doesn't care. But if you can put your phone on like, you know, some books or something so it just stands still, that would be even funnier. But dude, I'll set it up. I'll set it up. I'll be like James. It'll be the it'll be the lazy boy versus lazy boy, uh, and he will love it, dude. I guarantee you, James will get a crack out of it. Uh, so if you want, I'll try to set it up. What uh, I do, I what I don't have to have a channel like yours, right? Or no, just... anybody anybody can debate. Okay, I didn't know. Do you want to debate on there? I don't care. If, what about flat Earth? Yeah, I mean, what do you want to debate? I just figured you'd like that topic. I don't know if T-Jump debates that, but something to do with probably the shape of the earth. Or which chair is the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, that, that'll, that'll be a... You should, you should do Flat Earth. I don't think he knows anything about Flat Earth. I'll send James an email because you got to debate T-Jump. That's why it'll be funny, the, the lazy boy versus the lazy boy. Okay, and then let's talk back to me. It's my show. I'm the narcissist. Okay, so the comedy tomorrow, that'll be, that's going to be some sort of weird bit. Harmon, and I'm doing that. The bit in mind, I'm doing that for you. You're my motivation. I'm going to do time? my Harmon impression. Five o'clock, you said? Yeah, Busco, what time is it tomorrow night? Uh, it starts at 7. Uh, I'll be... Start, I'll, I'm sorry, the, the open mic starts at 8. Like, the sign-up's at 7.30. Is that Eastern well, time? Well, it's not live. You're not going to see it. I'm not going to play it till the next day. Oh, okay, okay. Shit, should I? I need to do a comedy show. That's what I'm saying. I want to try to get a bit going. And then Busco, you know, we need to do a show where I don't know how many fans I have in the DFW area, but maybe somebody in the North Texas area. We need to do a Conspiracy Castle live stream, stream in person, live somewhere. I really want to do that uh, really, really bad. You know, I don't know how many fans we get there, but doing it, like a lot of people do public podcasts. I just think that would be fun because then I can interact with people. We can get really freaky deaky on the microphone, so... Uh, Busco, Is there any place that you can go and you can go to a club? I mean, are you allowed to do that? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of. Yeah, we could have it. I mean, we could easily do a small crowd with your live stream crowd. I mean, relatively easy. We can make that happen and have good comedians and yourself and whatever. That's what I'm saying. We got to do a show. We'll live stream it all with the comedy and everything. And we only need two cameras. We'll have like two cameras, one on the comics and one like on a side thing. We'll just go A to B or whatever, you know, or three you can cameras. You tell he's come a long way since that little 
show he did when he was 24, 23 years old. You talking about me, Primetime 99? Yeah. No, that show is funny. I was 24. That show is funny. Uh, that, that, I mean, how smart you thought you were? And I was a fucking dumbass, and I still am, Armin, but God not damn. Not even close. Not even close. I know, but, dude, I was really stupid then. I mean, I, I was, like, really New World Order, like, all about it. But even on top of that, Armin, I didn't realize I was such a homosexual, dude. I look back in that. I'm not gay at all. I mean, everybody's like, Alex, you have gay vibes. Dude, I was like best friends with that guy. You don't understand when you're, this is the one thing about that show. I'm not an expert, but it's, there's something weird is when they put you in a show where you're cut off from like your, and this is the time cell phones weren't the same, but the iPhone like just came out. But so I wasn't as addicted to my phone. Not having it wasn't the big deal. But it was like not being able to communicate with your friends and family, and you're only talking to like these TV producers. So it was like a really toxic environment. You have nobody to trust. Like all these people in the game with you, and then it's like casting people and like TV people. So when you're on that show and somebody's like, "Dude, I'm your bro. I'm your friend," you're kind of like, "Well, fuck, dude, I'm your friend." Because like throughout this whole process, they have a thing called quarantine, and that's what they call it on the show. Before you go on the show, you quarantine for a week. So like you don't know what's going on in, in like pop culture they do it for big brother they do it for all the shows where you go live in a house you usually stay in like a hotel for a week or five days with no cell phone with no internet just to like get ready for the show i don't know why the fuck they do it so i'm well, gonna give you props on one thing you showed more leadership than anyone else on that show a lot of people would be dead and you just took charge that that was good yeah, I mean, dude, I you know it's primetime 99, one speed, full speed, Harmon. You know, if you were on the thing, you'd be doing the same thing because we're annoying flat earthers. You'd be like, Duh, the earth's not curved at you know, eight inches per mile squared. You know, we're annoying. I think that's why you, when you get into truth, you kind of become annoying. What about you, Daryl? You... How were you kicked off? What, 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 what was the deal when you get kicked off? How's that work? Okay, well, we got to play the second episode. I'll have Eric on in like a week or two just to finish the second episode because she really enjoyed the show. But how it worked was, so now him and that Jacob guy that was my friend, we were supposed to go into what is called limbo and then America votes who gets to come back on. But basically, you know, the producers pick. And after all that, Jacob quit the game. And instead of letting me back on... They decided to kick me off and they regretted it. And like in the fifth week or something, they brought me back on for a bit. But it was just like too late and just the show was dead on arrival. So they, that was the biggest mistake they said after the fact, all the uh, TV critics and stuff. They should have never got rid of Primetime 99 Alex Stein. It was their That's undoing. Right. But Who knows what happened then? Who knows where you were gone? You never know. Never known. But hey, I'm honestly so happy that it happened that way because that was a huge learning experience. Not that it was like that. It was kind of... I'm on women's, I'm, I'm on TV and women's underwear, you know, cross-dressing. That was not, you know, my dad's proudest moment of me, but I don't give two fucks. My dad didn't give two fucks. But what I'm saying is what I learned from that is the manipulation of these Hollywood people. It's like they treat you like you're this hot shit one minute, and then the next minute you are just ice fucking cold, trash shit, <laughs> garbage. They couldn't even stand you. You disgust them being in their presence. So it's just kind of sad, like uh, that, that, that quick dichotomy. It seems like you're um, at this age now, you look back at it and you really learn and take it to heart now and you really improve your life from what you learn. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel guilty. You know, a lot of that, though, too, Harmon, is well, the best thing that, that kind of woke me up, and this isn't for everybody, 
is I'm telling you, I kind of had constant like anxiety and depression. Not that my life was ruined from it, just like the normal, I think, depression you have. When I stopped drinking alcohol two years ago, now it's a little over two years. I'm telling you, Harmon, that's when I really matured. I know that sounds weird, but like, I, it's like my, it's like my brain was, it, this is what they say why smoking marijuana is bad when at a young age, it stunts your maturity. And I feel like I almost had that. Like, I feel like I matured almost more in two years of my life of like not drinking, being focused on my life and taking care of myself than I did in the 28 years before and it's not just alcohol it's a lot of contributing factors but i guess that was maybe the domino that started the chain reaction are, are you are you are you saying this on your own or you learned that from somewhere i learned that by myself the only reason i quit drinking i've never been aa or into rehab or anything my no, buddy i talk about, about all the, about the maturity stuff where did i learn that yeah because that's that's an actual study we used to have to be taught that in the prison for the inmates and stuff because if you whatever age you start doing drugs and hard alcohol your maturity level stops. Let's say 15, and you keep going to your 24, 25, you're stuck at that maturity level. Your body might mature and everything else, but emotionally, you stay at that age. That's exactly right. Well, they teach you that in the D.A.R.E. program. They teach you that at the young kids. Whatever age you start doing drugs, you and people just don't listen. It goes one ear and out the other. But that's basically what you become. You become emotionally stunted at that age. And it's different drugs emotionally stunt you differently. Like alcohol has a different effect than on your memory than marijuana and vice versa. Right. One has a different effect on your central nervous system than the other. Like when it comes to your mature, your maturation, I guess they say. So for me, I'm telling you, when I when and, and it's not like I didn't mature from being I was a lot different and you're a lot different from 21 to 25, 25 to 30. So there was some natural progression, but just the biggest jump of my maturity level is when I was like, fuck, I don't need alcohol. And then you know it's funny, another thing when I stopped drinking, money became less stressful. And I'm not rich at all, but I let I stopped money became I I, I stopped stressing about money as much too. So a lot of things changed in my life uh, when I quit drinking. But that doesn't mean everybody needs to quit drinking. That's just for me is what worked. Would you consider yourself a heavy drinker? or when you Oh, yeah. I was drunk. I was an alcoholic. I mean, I wasn't drinking every night, but I was a – anybody that has – anybody that drinks, you know, pounds, eight drinks in one night, you're kind of considered an alcoholic. But I'm saying I've dated girls. I wasn't, like, drinking, you know, pints of vodka by myself in the morning. I'm just saying, dude, yeah, I was drinking like everybody, a weekend warrior, Monday nights, drinking wine. I mean, just, just it was just a medication to get me through my day. And that's how a lot of people are. They're drinking the fluoridated beer. They're drinking wine. And guys, like I said, this isn't an anti-drinking show. Go fucking have a cocktail. Look, you're drinking right fucking now, Daryl. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm just saying for me, dude, you know, that helped me. It's different structure, different folks. I mean, some people like to have their freaking balls in a vice grip and get spanked. I mean, you know, different people like different shit, you know, and I'm not going to well, judge you. You can do. saying you couldn't moderate yours, so it's, you can't. You, if you know your limitations, just don't do it. There's for me, you, you're, you're right. Yeah, I had allergic. I you know I'm saying you're you're right. It's I, I don't even think I'm an alcoholic. I was allergic to alcohol. It turned me into a bad person. And I learned that not that it ruined my life. I didn't have a bunch of consequences, but maybe personal consequences like not taking self control in my life or like you know just kind of like every time putting always kicking things down the can. You know, always kicking the can down the road because like I'm always numbing myself with alcohol to like not make me worried about the current shit that's going on. So for me, you're right. I couldn't handle it, but other people can handle other shit. Uh, so. Uh, you nailed it. I really like what you said right there, Harmon. Did you see what Kurt wrote in the thing about the when the guy showed the two chickens, two little baby chicks? What did he say? He says uh, he has the chicks and you got the pussies. Wow! Look at I got a pussy right here. Can you believe that? Kurt, I love Kurt, it. It was so funny when Kurt wrote that in the in the chat. He goes, "Yeah, he's got the two chicks, but you got the pussies." 
I love that. Uh, you know, the chat, Harmon, people like the chat. I didn't realize that was like going to be a big part of a channel is the community of the chat. Like when you look at the room raid from uh, Monograph and like Spiro comes in, people like having the seeing the same people in the chat. It's funny. I didn't I, I didn't realize that was going to be a thing. Not to critique you, Annie, but like when Please. Jerry and do, like when you have your interviews and like the other day and you just say goodbye and you turn off. But when Jaron gives at least 10 minutes, goes to the chat and just says hi to everybody, that makes people feel so much more special. Yeah, I know. I need to do that. Fuck. And hey, I, you're not making me feel bad, Harmon. I know you're a true fan. So anybody, anything you're saying is a constructive criticism. Not Okay, well, I'll start doing that. I'll start going through the chat. I do need to go through the chat. Everybody does that. It's funny you say that because this is why, as a YouTuber, and like my mom watches my channel and she never comments, I, I'm not, like, I never comment. I mean, sometimes you'll see me chat occasionally. I've just never been a big chatter like that. Uh, and so that's why I don't respect the chat as much, I guess, because I'm not, you know, I'm never like chatting in my everyday life, but now I need to show a little more respect because dude, I love when there's comments. It's my favorite thing seeing it goes up and down. Like it's, it's all, it's awesome. So I need to be well, more appreciative. Like did it all of a sudden when he started doing that, he'd go over to uh, what's that D live and he'd sit there and talk to the people for about 10, 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden just, it, it just goes with it. It's not like you're asking for, it, but your, um, Patreon goes up at the same time. Yes, exactly. Well, I am asking for my Patreon. I'm almost to a hundred, and I'm only doing, you know, and I have a dollar level, so I feel like I'm not begging too much. But you're right. No, I definitely got to interact with the chat more. Um, but speaking, it's funny I say that, Harmon, and I'm like, I'm about to tell your ass we're about to wrap this thing up because we're almost at two or two and a half hours. So that just shows you how much I'm interacting with a fucking chat. But uh, 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 so what a hypocrite am I? But let's go around. We got to talk. We're not just going right, to end I'll it. Say right now. Are you saying good night, Harmon? Good night, you guys. Real quick, before you go, are you excited for the comedy bit? I'm going to try to mention I your really name. Am. I'm going to, I'm going to really talk. Am. I'm going to try to drop your name, Harmon. I don't know how a joke, but I'll try to drop a Harmon reference. All right. Big old ugly prison guard. Uh, now I'm going to talk about Manson. I'll talk about you. I'm going to say I know Charlie Manson's personal prison guard, and then RV doesn't believe you, so maybe I'll talk about <laughs> RV. That was funny on RV. Yeah, one fart for you if I can get it going. All right, Good night, guys. All right, see ya. <laughs> Busco, you believe that was a real fart, dude. You know you believe. I could tell your facial expression. You thought I was shitting my pantalones. No, I knew you were up to something, but I, I could see okay. shit myself on air, man. I just don't think I can see you doing that. Well, Spiro's back. Okay, uh, Spiro. Oh, I'm having really bad gas, Spiro. Oh, oh, I had this. Oh, oh. It sounds. Does it sound okay? Or do, does it sound? It sounds yeah, like wind. I gotta hit it right. I gotta get better at it. So, so you know where I got this from? This bit. It's Leslie Nielsen. Let me find it. Leslie Nielsen, fart machine. So let me show you. Okay, this is this is what he used to do. He used to do this all the time. Let me go share screen. So he used to always do this. This fart machine. Oh, interview. Oh, that's yeah. Great. Wonderful. I, oh, yes, them, yes. You're, you're great, too. Ah, thank yes. you. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm My pleasure. I'm actually a, a fan of the Naked Gun pictures. Thank you. Renewing <laughs> old acquaintances. Remember back on Saturday Night Live? Oh, that's Live? right. I was working there when you were there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I got you coffee. <laughs> you chewed yeah. me out. Yeah. I did not. No, you did not. I'm low maintenance. No, I got I you tea and you chewed me out. <laughs> um, now, uh, no, I, I'm a... <laughs> did you chew you out? 
Sometimes. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm a very angry, angry guy. Uh, no, actually, I'm a, I am a big fan of those pictures uh, because uh, I, I love the way you play it so straight. I, I love the way, I guess the director told you it's, the, it's, it's the not a comedy. Movie. Act as though this is deadly serious. Be the director, you, the thing is that we know that we're being funny, but you can't let the audience know for one second that you're trying to be funny, not for one second. I, although I will do almost anything I can for a laugh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said almost. I didn't say I would do anything for a laugh. What have you got there? <laughs> Isn't that a little personal? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to see, see it? Uh, <laughs> see, his is a lot better than mine. What the I gotta hell get are you doing? <laughs> what is well, the, what is you, the, hold it, let's heard, show this. You heard the rude noises that it makes. Yes, I, I did. nothing but fun. I got that from a man in Oklahoma City, Jack Martin. He was a senior golf pro and one night he said, Leslie, I'm going to give you something to change your life. I did. I did. I've had nothing but laughs. So do you? Long. You don't carry this around everywhere. I do not travel anywhere alone. <laughs> that goes with me all over. It's You're a work. grown man. <laughs> what don't are you be doing? Don't too sure of that. <laughs> no, really, you bring this thing wherever you go. Oh yeah, yeah. You never can tell. It always comes in handy, and you never can tell when there's a, a certain amount of pomposity or somebody who's making you play a particular role and you, if you just shake hands with somebody it's how, how do you do it? It's a defense. You know? I'm working so hard, so hard to establish my credibility. And in three seconds... No, this establishes credibility. Now, have you... Now, you, sir, you say you take this everywhere, and I've actually heard that you do. I didn't really think you'd take it out here tonight. I, I was praying. <laughs> but, uh, but you take what this a wherever pussy. you go. Have, have you taken it anywhere where you now think it may have been inappropriate? Well, you're always taking a chance, I'll tell you. <laughs> and there are Where's times... Where's the most serious you place can, you, well, you know, it. When you're doing any kind of comedy, there's just no way that there's not going to come that time when you step over the line. But that's because of the chance you take. And there's just going to be sometimes, especially with this, where you seem to step over the line. And in that case, you know, I say, look, I, I'm really playing I've Got a Secret. I know I'm doing like a kind of a practical joke. Uh -huh. So I'll apologize or I'll show the people. Sometimes it doesn't work, but then you have to... Just rely on your insensitivity. I have a seminar on <laughs> insensitivity, if you like, and I can Yes, I would, I would like to yeah. sign up for that. For the insensitivity course? Yes, I would. There's a downside, you know. What's that? Sometimes you can be feeling good and not know it. <laughs> I would go back to this thing. Oh, you want to go back? Yeah. No, no. Uh, but uh, do women enjoy this joke? I'm just curious. I'll tell you one like thing. Like you're on a date and you do that, if do they you... immediately go, you're the guy for me. It's you. He got it's laid a lot, I'm sure of it. Whether a woman yeah. likes you or not. <laughs> for who you are. Yeah. To be accepted, that's exactly it. To All be right. accepted for who you are. Yeah, you, you put, that hits the nail on the head. Um, well, I want you to let Andy hold it for the remainder of the show. Okay. <laughs> Here you are, Andy. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got it here. Don't, don't, don't squeeze it too oh, hard. All right. All right. Uh, and the Naked Gun pictures. Are, you're coming out with another one. Soon, We're coming. Aren't you? Naked Gun thirty three and a third, and uh, <laughs> Naked Gun Naked Gun thirty three and a third. The final insult. And yeah, it'll yeah. be out on March the nineteenth. And I, I swear, I think it's as funny as the first two, if not funnier.
All right, well, we will, uh, we're going to have to step away for a second. We'll come right back and find out more about this, and Andy will hold on to your little machine of doom. Uh, we'll be right back with more Leslie Nielsen in just a second. Wow, okay, so that's why I love this fart machine. So for the people playing at home, you're like, Alex, why do you have a fart machine? Mine's the cheap version. I got to get a badass Fart machine. Yeah, Spiro says your favorite comedian is George Carlin. You know, it's hard, but my favorite comedian is Patrice O'Neill. My favorite stand-up is a guy named Patrice O'Neill. What about yours, Daryl? Mind you, Patrice used to spit I, I sometimes I wonder if they if they got him, but he also was like you know, had diabetes and all that. But he spoke the truth, and I go back and listen to it, and it's so funny. And those uh, was it Opie and Anthony are making fun of him, and when I listen to the nine eleven ones all the time, all the time, just because it's funny and he's spitting so much truth, and it's back in the two thousand. And um, you know, I just go back and listen to him like you guys are coming up with such irrelevant points. You watch it and you listen to the architects. Engineers of 911 Truth, and you look at the thermite and the insurance and the, 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 all the evidence. You know, I look at everything like a detective, like I'm a detective. I'm going to coronavirus detective, 911 detective, Titanic. I look like a, a detective. Who's guilty? I'm gonna find it. You know, look at the evidence. What they're trying to hide. What's the motive? You know, and so it's just it's just all bullshit. Like the thing we just watched, all these entertainment. I can't watch no scripted stuff anymore because it's just like I'm in survival mode. I see what they're trying to do. Agenda 2030, the Great Reset. They're talking about us not having meat, eating bugs, and soon. And I can see it because all these people are so blinded and brainwashed, just like Jehovah's Witnesses. And I'm alarmed, and I don't know what to do. I feel like alone. You know, that's why I feel like you guys, all you guys are community. You know, that's why I found you guys and David Weiss and the Flat Earth. It all makes sense. People are brainwashed. What are we going to do? But it's like, it's coming quick now. I never thought this would happen in my day. I'm 30, 36, born in 85, you know? And so, like, um, like I, I, you know, Jehovah's Witness, I'm like, man, they tricked, they tricked my whole family. They tricked all these people. I used to think, like, oh, maybe this one's not fooled. And, you know, I used to struggle with it, you know? But, like, I would be like, no, they tricked these people. And they're brainwashed, like, like hell. And they're just regular people, you know, they're work with you and all that stuff. But it's the same thing happening with coronavirus and the, the, the vaccine. That's what I'm alarmed about. I think all this other stuff is a safe distraction. The, the Joe Biden with the green screen. Trump, I think he's such a player. He was in the WWF for God's sake. Like how he's in the WWF Hall like of Fame. That? He's in the WWF Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. As the president of, of this country, you know, like, and like seriously, and all these Trumpers and they got the white people fighting the black people and the Mexicans and the Asian crowds, it's all a big distraction and all these news networks, all of them are in on it. And it's just, you got to pick and look for the truth and it's hard to do it, but people don't want to do it. And it's just, like I said, I just know what to do. I drink so much. I smoke cigarettes every day. I smoke weed every day. Like. Yeah, the last two weeks, I did ecstasy and cocaine, like, once. I'm just like, wow. Wait, I, I used to love X and Coke. Wait, so I don't, you know, I was talking about how I don't drink. So you have, been, have you been popping a lot of Molly and snorting lots of Coke? Well, yeah, the past couple weeks, yeah. You know, I dabble. I've done DMT. That really opened my mind. DMT's I cool. Yeah, well, I did DMT not too long ago, and I blasted off, and I saw, like, the most crystal clear 4K images I ever saw. Like, the TV, you'd see it, like, 
you know, uh, you know, on the first day of Christmas, the brand newest model TV, the Crystal 4K. That's the vision I saw. Like it was the clearest thing I've ever. You know, you couldn't even get this clear. I mean, Ultra HD. And it, like I said, it kind of relieved my anxiety a bit after it. But so, too, have you been doing that much DMT? Because they say the more you do, the less effective it is. Uh, so kind of tell me about your DMT experience before I let you go. Okay, so when I moved to this ranch, actually, there was a guy here who realized And uh, he was like super serious guy. And you know, awesome. We made friends and we started talking to him about it. I'd never done it before. And I was like you know, 34, 35. And then, um, you know, we were talking about it and then he gave me some. And I did it here at my house. It's amazing. I saw patterns. I felt good. I went outside and I looked. I saw the trees moving. I heard the horses in the background. It was just amazing. And the second time I did it, like I did a lot more because I thought I was a gangster. You know, I did the first little <laughs> bit. And then he was with me. And he was like, look at the stars. And I saw so many more lights in the sky. I was like, what the fuck? Is this like another dimension? Am I seeing more things? So, you know, I went from being a Jehovah's Witness, you know, born and indoctrinated, believing in all that crazy shit. To moving out and being a creationist a little bit and be like, oh no, we have to have a creator. Then I was full atheist with all that Neil deGrasse Tyson shit and Bill Nye, and I thought I was scientific, you know. And then, you know, I, I like little by little, I started expanding and started seeing like all the conspiracies. My dad was big in shit. He always showed me that when I was little, and then I just started seeing all the similarities and all these white guys popping people for money, and we're just fucking people sheep and marching and shit like that. Nothing ever happens. You know, and then you start seeing these bloodlines and stuff. And you start seeing these weird adrenochrome. And I'm like, like, what? And you start seeing all these pieces together. And I was just like, I'm not a fool. You know, I'm poor. So we were always in the ghetto and stuff and bad school. So, like, I'm street smart. I'm still a cowboy. But, like, I'm street smart. I know when someone's trying to pull me. You know, when someone's trying to con me and all these, you know, like, you trying to vaccinate people for free and all the black people first. What happened to that boxer? And that, that, that yeah, I know marvelous Hagler and Hank Aaron. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know it's oh, it's fucking are. insane. But tell me this: so, how much DMT and coke are you doing? Because you know when you, you do the coke and you do the ecstasy, what happens is it creates such a serotonin response in your head that it causes massive anxiety and depression after it. Like, there's no way a day after using ecstasy you can't feel like shit. So it's like, dude, I would tell you probably, you know, maybe the DMT doesn't have the same hangover, but dude, I don't think there's a drug that has a worse mental hangover more than the ecstasy. Are you taking 5-HTP at least to help your serotonin levels? What I do, like actually the first day I took it, I went and watched the USC fight with my friends and I took it and I went to San like all the way to LA County, took the ecstasy, was drinking, watched the fight, slept, woke up, drove all the way back to, um, to Oxnard and cleaned all the horses and fed them, you know, in the morning with my girl. And then I fucking kind of crashed out and had a little bit of coke left. So I did that shit. And then it like kind of lifted me up for the day. I just crashed or whatever. And then like later on during the week, I did more exercise, like pop one pill. And like, yeah, I know I'm kind of like, I've been, been there. Like that, you know? I I've been there. I've been there, Daryl. You don't have to beat yourself up. I mean, I don't know if I've been in that same exact position, but I mean, when I was younger in college, I was doing benders like that. We'd take ecstasy and then do coke, and then, you know, the whole weekend we'd stay up, um, you know, from Thursday till Monday. We'd literally basically be staying up, maybe sleep for a few hours, you know, here and there, just crash. So, like, dude, I get it, and I know what that cycle's like, but the problem is, is your mental health is never, ever going to be able to, like, get any sort now i don't know what your mental health state is now maybe your mind's fried but like you're never going to be able to heal your wow. brain doing that 
I'm okay because like I've been through all this before, you know, the the shock of like like oh my god, like all of my whole family, all these people are crazy and they're brainwashed and leaving believing like, oh my god, you know, what I was born with, what I was raised with, what I had to fight to leave, they're crazy, you know, and then I thought the world was normal, you know, and then I find that it's happening again. So to me, I tell my girl all the time, like I, I kinda of been through this, you know, already. I see how you can't argue with these people no matter how much evidence you show them you can't look. So I feel like I've been through this already. And then, you know, like I like I said, I, I never thought I would live this long. Like uh, I did a lot of rodeos, <laughs> like I almost got well, there's a reason you're here. Uh, I don't know about that. Like, I'm, I'm in like soldier survival mode now. You know, like I try to keep food. I got a, a emergency pack. My emergency plan is get on my horse and ride away. You know, like if some <laughs> crazy stuff like that. But they're not gonna do it like that. They're gonna do it to where you can't get a job, just like they're doing in Israel. You can't travel. You know, like, yeah, exactly. It's gonna have. They're gonna have the passport. But dude, they're gonna get medical misinformation for us even talking about that. So it's so fucked up. Okay, Busco. Well, let's talk about you. Let's wrap it up, and then I'll let you have one more thing, Daryl, to say. So think about what you want to say. Um, Busco, we got the comedy open mic tomorrow night. Even though it's an open mic, you know, I'm still going to go up there and try to do my best. Obviously, like every comic, I'm not going to go over there and just like try, you know, look in my notes the whole time. I'm going to actually try to write some stuff and do some bit and film it. So I might do some kind of avant-garde Andy Kaufman-esque style comedy tomorrow. So I'm really excited. I haven't done stand-up in, in over a year. So tomorrow night will be uh, badass. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with you in person. Anything else you want to talk about, Busco? No, man, that's really the only reason I chimed in is uh, invite you to that. Uh, you know, see if you want to come out, check it out. Think it'd be well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'm going to bring my fucking little, my selfie stick that, you know, sits down. I hope they don't give a fuck about that. But you know what I mean? I mean the I selfie stick. I know, but I'd rather almost use the selfie stick so it just stands and stays in one place. You know what I mean? Because if you're filming, you're going to fucking annoying. If I just put the selfie right. stick, like, you know, you don't want to fuck with it. Okay, well, tomorrow, I'm really excited, Busco. You're my you're my Dallas uh, comedy plug, and I'm your car plug, and you're my broadcasting plug. We're going to work together. Because there's not enough people, I guess, there's not enough creators that I can collaborate. That I, You're the only creator that I've ever collaborated with in Dallas, sadly. And Sam Wynn, a guy that connected us, I've been trying to collaborate with him but i like it's just kind of hard um so yeah spiro saying he wants to see the video spiro i'm going to do stand-up tomorrow night and i'm not just going to do some badunkadunk jokes i'm going to have some sort of bit i'm going to do something and i'm going to do something weird i'm not going to do your normal average uh, uh stand-up comedy routine and i'll be dressing nice so Spiro, that video will be available Friday. Also, tomorrow night or tomorrow during the day, you know, we have the uh, the Baby Truther show from two till six p.m. That's Central Time, two Central Time. So please, guys, watch that show with Jaron and David Weiss uh, tomorrow. And then Busco. So I'm excited for the comedy show. I'll see you tomorrow. And yeah, man, uh, let's text me the details. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll be hanging out and uh, peace. And then I'm gonna get to my man. Uh, See you, Busco. See you tomorrow. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, no, no. Before you go, Daryl. So what the heck, Daryl? So you're freaking crushing it. I love you. You're my horse guy. You know, horse women are weird, but you know, horse women are still good. At least the horse women that I was involved with. Uh, you're partying a little bit, which is okay. We're cool with partying. It's primetime 99. We're not the anti-party show, but uh, you know, you had to. This is what I'm saying. You had to be careful. This is what. This is my one thing I want to say. I. Uh, 
I've always been a party animal, but I uh, this guy Clark Gable, his grand his grandfather was Clark Gable from the movie Gone to the Wind. And dude, Daryl, this guy was a beast. I mean, I saw him rip gator tails, lines of cocaine as long as you know a mile long. You know, obviously, I'm speaking metaphorically. The guy was hardcore. I saw him swallow all kinds of pills. I saw, you know, I just, he's the type of guy to take ecstasy, no big deal. One of the toughest guys I knew when it came to drugs, right? Well, one day, you know, I, uh, he, you know, obviously the drugs got bad where he kind of alienated his friends and family a little bit, but he was with his wife and 19 month old daughter and he went and bought some Vicodin or what he thought were Vicodin and it was fentanyl stamped pills. So they're fake Vicodins that were actually fentanyl and he swallowed two of them and died. So this is what I'm saying is, dude, you can party on Wayne. You can party on Garth. I don't give a fuck. I'm not that. It's just you never know at any time you get some bad dope. So that's why we got to be really careful and try not to be impulsive because this guy, I would have thought this guy would live forever. He would be the last guy I thought would overdose. You know what I mean? I would have thought his tolerance was so high. So that was the that was the wake up call for me. That I was like, oh fuck, if this guy could die from it, I would have thought he'd be an old man smoking crack, you know, before he'd die of a drug overdose from pills. So it's just, even though we all have our tolerance, we all got to be careful. So I'm just saying that as your friend, and I'm not trying to chill your vibe. Go, you're at the fucking horse stables, dude. Go relax. Let your mind and body be free. Whatever you need to get you through your day. But at the same time, you know there is a happy medium you got to try to find. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But one thing about your horse that I didn't mention is when they, the Armageddon, what they, they keep, that it's coming any minute, it's going to die. Uh, it's like you have to look at their literature, like doom and like uh, meteors coming out and the ground opens. Like all these people, and they say you have to bury their bones. And it's like very graphic. They think you, they make you think you're going to die if you're not in that religion, you know? So I had to come to terms. I can remember one time I was a little kid, I was like fifth grade, and I was crying and praying to God because I realized that the Ninja Turtles were going to die, you know, in Armageddon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the Ninja Turtles are good. Please don't kill them, God, you know, and then like little things like that. And I had to think that my friends in school are going to die. Like, they're not bad. You know, why is God going to kill them? But they, in their religion, they're all going to be gone, all the wicked people, which are like, you know, you and me, regular people. So I had to come to terms with death a long time ago. I had to think, like, maybe I'm not going to live in all this. And they really had me indoctrinated. That you can see things in your soul, you know, like in your brain, even if you're logical, like I think I am. But, you know, like, that you can see things in your soul, especially when you're, like, everyone's been in you. Like, I just, I came to terms with death a long time ago. I thought I was going to die. Like, I'm 30, going on 36 at the end of the year. And I just met my girlfriend two years ago, and we're engaged. We have a happy life. And I never had a girl before. So, like, you know, I had women, but not, like, relationship so i never had anything to live for and i did the rodeos fucking wild horses so i like this close death like you know the horses are you can get fucked up but you know i just never had nothing to live for i just was gonna i was more about quality rather than quantity i still kind of am never gonna have kids so i don't have that to worry about you know it's my animals and my girlfriend i don't really have my family on either side so it was just always me me and my friends and I never did drugs when I was young. I did weed only. I didn't even like alcohol. I got into the drugs when I was like in my, let's say 30, you know, like, yeah, around my mid, early mid 30s. So, and then slowly but surely, I'm not like crazy, but lately, pandemic, when they say the drug and shit has increased, it's like, yeah, man, like, especially if you know what's going on, like, fuck, I need to pop some tea, like, 
I know. Has it been easier to get? Has it been easier to get shit? You think during the pandemic, like his dealers been selling more? Like, what do you think? Like the dope game is it better or worse? You think during the pandemic better probably for the dope dealers? Uh, for me, I think it's worse. Harder to find, you know, like harder to find. Through, like, yeah, I only go through good friends and like even the like coke that I get. That that stuff is garbage. Like it's cut. Coke's always garbage, dude. Coke is always garbage. That's why, like, I recommend almost doing Adderall over cocaine. And we don't recommend doing anything on this show. This is entertainment purposes only. Do not take any medical, legal, financial, or any advice from me whatsoever. I'm not a role model. I'm primetime 99 Alex Stein. I'm on the grind all the time. You don't want to be like me. You don't want to be like Daryl. You want to be your own person. And you want to just, you know, blaze your own trail. Sorry, you were talking. It takes a second for your for your audio to come through, Daryl. But no, you have been a great guest. I really appreciate coming on. And I really like that you've been able to, you know, kind of expand your mind on the show. You've probably smoked two. Do you smoke? How many doobies have you smoked while you've been on the show? Well, I smoke like probably a pack or more of these a day, and I've been doing that for years and years. And years. So like, I my life expectancy is like any time now, but. Um, I'm on the terms with that, you know? It's like about quality rather than quantity. I'd rather well, you diet know, like uh, 50 and have a, a really good life than diet like 70 and have like a boring life, you know? Like, yeah, that's fair, that but what's a boring life? What's a boring life? You know, you whenever you're about to even like so boring ass times, you look back fondly. Like you can look back at a horrible breakup with a girl, and if it's been enough time, you look at it fondly. So it's weird. It's kind of puts you in this weird thing. You're like, you know, I only want to live my life. I'm living a good life, but with time, you can make a shitty situation feel good. Ugh. So it's weird. I know that's weird. So what I'm saying is like, no matter what happens in your life, whether it's bad or good, at the end of the day, on your deathbed, I feel like you might look back with it with a little bit of fondness because that's just a natural reaction. Or you're going to look at stuff with embarrassment and cringe because I look at stuff like that too. But, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. It's not all one feeling. You have multiple emotions. Yeah, life is a little short journey, at least from what we know. I'm hoping there's some afterlife now that I've, you know, done everything might be before i was like oh no but you know you never know I, I, i'm not religious but i'm like spiritual i never used to believe that's the bmp i'm like oh i know what to use now but uh yeah I, I don't know just my here i don't think it's a simulation or anything like that it's too individual to be a simulation you know like are my little chickies a simulation like <laughs> we, you know, that's really weird but uh, yeah, if you see David White, tell him that Daryl's a big fan. But I'm like Eddie Bravo now. I'm done trying to tell people. I fucking talked to myself, so I blew in the face about Jehovah's Witness on 9-11. I remember when 9-11, after like, I was trying to convince everybody, and I was just like, no go. Everyone was just like, fighting me. I was like, fuck, they got away with this shit. They got away with They're going to do it again. So I was always like worried they're going to do another uh, plane into a building. But no, they went big time. They're like, no, we're going to get the whole world this time. This is New World Order. They've been saying it for such a long time. Yeah. And people are just like, you know what? Like, Oh, yeah, but Daryl, Daryl, it's called Revelation of the Method. They tell us what they're doing, and then the people just choose not to even freaking believe. No, but hey, speaking of 9-11, yeah. for some reason my computer, wow, it, it just spiked for some reason. Um, my Since my CPU usage, I don't know why. 
Okay, so let's wrap this up. We're almost at three hours. I got to let you go. Then I got to go through the chat. So what's the last thing you want to say before I let you go, Daryl? Um, I can't see the chat. Is, is there other people here? No, no, not this chat. I mean, I'm going to go through like the chat on the thing. No, it's just you and I. We're just in it. So you're smoking the thing. I want you to. I want you to do. I want you to two realize you're going to live for a long time. There's a lot of those 80 year old women that are like, "What is your secret?" Like, oh, well, I smoked black and miles every day for the rest of my life, or I drink vodka every day. There's always some weird thing. So you don't know what's going to kill you. So get in that high vibrational state, dude. Those drugs put you in that low vibrational state. So be careful. It'll it'll drag you down in there, and then you know it'll keep you in a negative negative mindset. And I want you to be in a positive mindset. You got to have the pit bull mindset. You got to be like a dog. A dog doesn't smoke weed. Dog doesn't do coke. You know what I mean? You got to be like a pit bull sometimes. You got to have that mental mindset of a freaking pit bull, Daryl. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. I got the cutest half pit bull, half blue healer. You want to see her? I knew it. See, I, how did I know that you had a pit bull? I'm talking about pit bull. I knew you had the pit bull mindset, dude. Yeah, show the dog. We love the dogs. It's funny. I'm clairvoyant sometimes here at the Conspiracy Castle. You know, and, and and I'm a dog man. I'm a cat man. We love it all. But let me see the blue healer. If you can, let's see the let's see the the mutt, the good old doggy dog. Jojo, 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 come on, come on, Jojo. Is he shy? Is the dog being shy? He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to come. Come on, this is for the people at home. We love dogs. Yeah, dogs get excited around prime time. I get excited around dogs. We are dog lovers here. Look at that blue healer pit bull. Now that is a good dog right there, Daryl. Wow. Now that is a good old breed of dog. And gosh darn it, I could love on that dog every day for the rest of my life. How about that? Oh, is that a cat? Yes, dude, cat life, Daryl. Wow, you know I love this. The pitbull mindset and the feline grind. Yes, Daryl, you're hitting on all cylinders. You are my favorite caller of the night. You beat Busco. Look at that loving. Okay, now they're gonna give us some strike for uh, for sexual exploitation of an animal for all that loving, all that loving. All right, Daryl, you're the man. Thank you for coming on, brother. Peace. Talk to you later. Call again. Ah, awesome. Daryl's the man. Okay, well, shoot, guys. What a night. What a night. Wild freaking Wednesday, like usual. You know it's prime time, 99. You know we're on the ground all the time. And come on, man. What do we do here at the castle? You know we do, bitch ass. We go full 99 on the ground. We're on the ground all the time. It's primetime 99, Alex Stein. Welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole. And I just want to say, actually, actually, I got to get some freaking, before we kind of play the music out, we got to talk about some housekeeping. Guys, please, if you want to support the Conspiracy Castle, join the Patreon for $1 for the Too Hot for TV patrons-only stream, March 31st, 2021. It will be an eight-hour stream starting at 4 p.m. going to midnight. We are going to have all kinds of special guests. We're going to talk about all the things that are not allowed to be talked about on this platform. So if you guys want to get the straight dope from the straight source for the primetime 99 span on the ground all the time, I need you to join up at that patron for $1 at patron, patreon.com slash conspiracy castle. Yes, Brian, thank you. Please tell people to sign up. 
as well please consider on apple Podcasts. look up conspiracy castle we just got in there there's six new episodes audio only episodes please go in there and give us a, a, a five-star rating on the conspiracy castle uh apple podcast or google podcast or spotify because now the conspiracy castle is trying to get diversified my guy we're trying to blow this thing up we're trying to get big we're trying to blow this thing up like the world trade center so you know that's another thing we got to talk about we have a debate this saturday i believe that is the what is saturday saturday is the 21st saturday is the 20th excuse me 32021 the 20th this saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be debating whether 9-11 was an inside job. So I need you guys all there. I'll be uh, Skira. Yeah, eight hours of tall order. Yes. Will my buds last? So I'm going to have to have multiple buds, Skira. Uh, Spiro. I'm going to have multiple earbuds. So it's going to be a pain in the butt. Will you guys be able to make it? For $1, you guys will have access to the eight-hour stream. So it's going to be buck wild. You guys all need to go follow Spiro. Spiro's a, a badass truther that you know I have a lot of respect for that did the room raid was an epic experience is it gonna be is that experience gonna be as epic as the patrons only stream i don't think so the patron only stream i'm gonna be talking about things that are literally not allowed to be talked about on youtube and you know you can guess what it is but it's just gonna be dark and dirty and it's gonna be x-rated and if you're not emotionally ready for it you probably don't want to watch it you probably don't want to come in that room emotionally fragile because if you come in there emotional fragile if you come in there soft it's not a place to get hardened because you, you might not make it out alive you know you're going to be a really emotionally affected and that's what it does is is uh, this show the show that i'm going to put on the eight hour show the stuff we're going to talk about will emotionally disturb people that are not emotionally ready to hear it that's all i gotta say and it's not meant to be scary it's going to be funny we're going to have a ball we're going to laugh we're going to cry we're going to dance we're going to do the whole dang thing but I need your help. I need your support. The Conspiracy Castle cannot grow without you guys. So please get your mind right. We're going to be uh, filming some comedy tomorrow night uh, with Busco. We're going to do a whole conspiracy bit. I'm going to go crazy. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Th then we got the Baby Truther Show tomorrow afternoon. On top of that, Saturday, the 9-11 Inside Job Debate on Modern Day Debate. So we got a lot of content coming up. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it if you support me by hitting the like button, sharing this, following me on Twitter, following me on Instagram, whatever. You don't have to follow me. I don't care. But if you guys want to know the truth, you got to download You got to follow all 17 accounts. Then you have to make three accounts. You got to follow me from 33 accounts. So if, if you don't know how to do that, you got to follow all 17 accounts. And when you follow 17 accounts, you're going to get two extra accounts. Those are the secret accounts. Obviously, this is all fake. I don't have that many accounts. Maybe I do. I don't know. You don't have to follow me. I'm joking about how many accounts you need to follow. <laughs> what I do actually care about is you just watching the show. You don't have to do anything extra or more than that. But anything that you do extra than just watching the show is greatly appreciated and helps this channel grow and get bigger and makes the Conspiracy Castle bigger, badder, and stronger. Because you know we need some tower defense, and the tower defense is not free. So I need you guys. I need y'all's help. So, you know, if you guys want to reach out in your pocketbook, pay a dollar for the patrons. That's awesome. If not... No big deal. But she goes, you know, we're going to do hit the conspiracy guys no matter what. We're going to shake that ass. Dallas, Texas, baby. You got sweatpants live, guys. This is how we dance. 
We're on the grind all the time. The illusion is real. Everything you see is a lie. And here at the Conspiracy Castle, I will help you decipher the lies. Because we get naughty and freaky deaky on the mic every single night. So if you want to help out a player, if you want to help out a pimp on a blimp eating shrimp, go join the patron for a dollar. If not, you don't have to. I don't give a dang. I'm going to eat anyway because I'm primetime 99 Alex Stein. My food that I put on the table is not affected by you. Can you put better food on the table for me? Yes, but I'm going to eat anyway because I'm a dog. Because I got that pit bull mentality. I'm primetime 99 Alex Stein. I'm on the grind all the time. Winners never quit and quitters never win. You can't mess with the primetime 99. You can't kill this mindset. This is the pit bull mindset. One speed, full speed for all the players out there that are taking notes. Remember, I'm primetime 99. If you want to be like me, you got to get like me. If you want to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Last thing to say is, yeah, the music's loud. I'm talking the music out. I just want to say I love each and every one of y'all. Join the patron. Let's go, baby. Primetime 99, Alex Stein, on the ground all the time. I love y'all. Join the patron. If not, who gives a shit? Hit the like button. I love y'all.